0: Welcome my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, October 13th. We are here live. It is a free for all kind of day. Phone lines are open right now. I've got some odds and ends, but I'd rather talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. That could be trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road. Getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all, jump in the number, 855-950-3835. Calls are already starting to come in this morning. Actually, I was a little worried. I was getting set up today and calls were coming in. And uh, I actually slept in this morning. I needed it. It helped. I feel much better than I did yesterday. Um, Calls were coming in. I thought, did I miss something in the news this morning? I don't think I did. I think it was just a weird fluke maybe. So we'll get to those calls here in a little bit. Keep them coming. I've got a bunch of odds and end kind of stuff. I just want to catch up on things I've been making notes on over the last week or so and never got to. So I'll go through those. Then we will get to your calls and questions. So keep them coming. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the vaccine. Just one issue. There are some numbers out now. The amount of profit that has been made by the pharmaceutical companies from the vaccine is insane. It's obscene. It will turn out to be their most profitable drug ever one of the reasons it will be really profitable well one just that you're forcing people to take it I mean who wouldn't want to own a product that the government forces you to take or you lose your job (laughs) yeah that's one reason why it's so profitable people were forced to take it still being forced to take it the other reason though they did virtually no testing on this Normally, they spend hundreds of millions of dollars testing. We didn't do that this time. And I'm not sure that they are doing it. It's pretty insane. But, uh, you know, I've said from the beginning, there's all kinds of wild conspiracy theories around the vaccine. Is it population control? Is there a microchip in there? There's, you know, all kinds of crazy out there ideas. And I said, I, maybe they're true. I have a hard time believing the big conspiracy theory kind of stuff. But I said, what if it's nothing more than money? What if the, all of this is just about money? It could be. It certainly seems like it, at least from the pharmaceutical side of things, just about money. So when every time they said, oh, you're going to have to take a new booster, it's just more money. If this becomes a seasonal thing, big money. and looks like it's going to. Um, signs in the economy not looking good. You know, I just said the other day, um, we have not raised any of our prices. And we're really trying hard not to. Uh, but it looks like at some point we're going to have to. We don't have any in the works. Don't panic. But um, the last two months, wholesale prices have the inflation wholesale prices had gone down a little bit. Now, when, when I say it goes down, it wasn't, it doesn't mean we're anywhere near where we should be. Inflation was running at a, you know, one or 2%. Then it was up to almost nine. And then when it drops a little bit each month, this administration was, Oh, look, it's on its way down. It barely dropped. It did drop for two months, but It's on its way back up again. That's a bad sign. Now, those are the wholesale prices. So that's what I watch. Are my prices going up? The things I buy to run our business, the things I buy that go in our warehouse, those prices are going up. So that clearly eats into our margin. Every time we have to pay more for a product and we don't raise our price, we've lost profit. That's what's happening. It's happening to a lot of companies, but there are people not raising their prices. Like I said, we're one of them. We had a couple good years. So we think, you know, we can make it through this for a while. Uh, If wholesale prices go back up, we just won't have any choice if this keeps going up. So hopefully this will... This will start to turn at some point. The inflation data right now does not look good at all. Um, I've read a bunch of headlines in the last couple of weeks. I've been just putting a check mark by these. Um, on their own, none of these are any big deal. This kind of stuff happens in business all the time. But you know, I mentioned many times the way I prepare for shows. I scroll a lot of headlines. Just looking at headlines without opening every article and reading them, I mean, you can start to see patterns and I'm starting to see one. Um, we refer to this in business as M&A, mergers and acquisitions. When companies merge, buy other companies, sell their companies or divisions, mergers and acquisitions. Not a lot of that has been going on in the last four or five years. Not a lot at all. And that's typical. When the economy is good, People aren't looking to sell normally, they're looking to stay in business and keep making money. When the economy is bad, that's when all this starts happening. So here's just what I saw this morning. Um, Bison buys Pottle Transportation. I actually uh, am, I know the owner of Pottle. Um, so Bison just bought another company recently, too, another U.S. company, I think, and um, nfi uh buys mco uh xpo spun off their brokerage division that's not a really big deal they still own it they're just separating out some companies there uh, bay and bay sells tanker division those are the kind of headlines i'm seeing just a lot of this MA kind of activity going on uh it seems pretty early into this that it's that it's picking up steam already um but none of the news today was good. Uh, inflation was up. Diesel prices are back up $5.22 a gallon. It's now the nationwide average, five twenty-two a gallon. You know, we've had big run-ups in diesel many, many times over the 35 years or so I've been doing this. Uh, the first one I talked about almost took me out. We almost went out of business. I was in business um, with my brother. We had a bunch of trucks, and we were just buying more because there was work. And then all of a sudden, the diesel price went up. It went to like a dollar forty a gallon. I know, isn't that funny? A dollar forty. It was horrendous because we were used to paying eighty and ninety cents a gallon. That was such a major shift. I mean, that was my first big lesson in business that things can change quickly that you never see coming. I mean, you don't see that kind of stuff. Uh, and that was the first real run-up in fuel prices I had ever experienced, you know, big run-ups. So where we are now in this economy, um, we're starting to see a lot of those same signs, but it's happening really fast this time. Um And on the fuel price, when we've had these run-ups in the past, they've been pretty short-lived. This one isn't. We've been dealing with this for quite some time now. It started to go down. Now it's on its way back up. That's really scary. But if we think about this administration, I'm going to get a little political here. I've got another topic that's a little political And I will be talking more about it because elections are coming up. We can do something now. You have an opportunity to do something. So I will be talking a little bit more about this. I'm going to work some of it into my opens, probably do a couple episodes of the pit. We've already done one just on on the midterms. Um, We need to change something. I don't ever remember prices staying high like this, which is a big driver of inflation. Uh, With diesel prices up, everything moves by truck and train and ships that use diesel fuel. With energy prices up, inflation is going to stay high. There just doesn't seem to be any way around it unless we just totally tank this economy, which could happen. Um, There is more talk around the independent contractor rule. Now there's a tiny little bit of good news in this. Now it is the labor department. So one of the things this administration does quite a bit of is use departments instead of Congress to pass laws and change regulations. That's just wrong. We are in a representative republic for a reason. We vote for people who then vote for our laws. That gives us some control over the laws and regulations we have to live with. But the government has grown so much that they found a way around this. They use just different departments to create regulations, and those aren't voted on in Congress. We have no say over those. We didn't vote those people in but that seems to be a real pattern with this administration is they don't bother voting anything in through Congress. They just either use executive orders or they use departments. And now the department of labor, this is new. The federal government has talked about the independent contractor rule. There's a bill in Congress, but not this is new. That never had anything to do with the department of labor before the, this is, new enough that it's still being sorted out. Uh, One of the, I I may get um, somebody from this law firm on. I used to know some people over there really well. I do sort of know one of the managing partners. Um, I may call them and get them on the air to come on and talk about this. I think I'll wait a little bit because they, they said they're still digging into it. The Department of Labor ruling there is one good piece of news in there that is they have decided that they do not have the authority to institute the ABC test as part of this the B part of the test is the one that would just wipe out independent contractors in trucking they would just be gone um The Department of Labor says they don't have the authority to do that. They're correct. They don't. Neither do the other agencies that have done it, but that's another story. So we'll see what happens. Um, There was one comment in the article from Greg Fury. That's the managing partner that I've met. And he said there are at least two things in there right now that he's really worried about um, when it comes to trucking and independent contractors, but he doesn't say what they are. So we'll just have to wait and see. I'll stay on top of that one. Um, Real quick on that. When this is a great example of elections have consequences. And I've said this forever that if you own a small business and I have my whole life, I vote more because of the business than I do personal because Rules and regulations and laws and politicians have a much bigger impact on my business than they do my regular life. The business is where rules and regulations and laws can really change things like this independent contractor rule. That's big. The other example that I used for years, and it was so consistent, the Section 179 deduction. This is a great rule in taxes. There are times where this rule allows us to wipe out our whole tax for the year and just take a break that year and not pay any tax because you buy a truck or a truck and a trailer, enough equipment, that rule allows us to really control your taxes that year. So we use this a lot, but here's how crazy it is. There have been times where here's the pattern. When the Democrats are in control, they almost always lower the amount of the Section 179 you're allowed to take. They don't lower it by a little bit. They lower it by a lot. They almost wipe out the rule completely. The range on this in the time I have been doing taxes has gone from you could deduct $5,000, which is nothing, to you can deduct $500,000 if you spend that much. That's the range. Well, every time the Democrats are in office, they lower it down to that 5,000, 10,000, 7,500. Then the Republicans get back in control and they raise it to 100,000, 250,000, 500,000. This thing's been all over the board for decades. But when the Republicans are in office, it helps small business with just this one rule. But the other rule, that we should pay attention to is this independent contractor rule. Trump gave us the best definition of the independent contractor rule we've ever had. It was the Trump administration that gave us a rule that we really didn't have to worry about this. We would have been fine in trucking. We would have been able to just keep doing what we do with independent contractors. Nothing would have changed. It's the Democrats that want to change this. There's a lot going on in our economy right now. We don't need to be making major changes to the way entire industries do business. We need to get back to a, a, an energy policy that, you know, makes us energy independent again. Elections are coming up elections have consequences. They really do. Now more than ever, you can see the consequences more than ever. And like I always say, if you like the direction the Democrats are going, then vote for them. I wish I could find somebody that does like that direction and would actually talk about it, but I can't seem to scare anybody up. Um, so keep that in mind. Elections are coming up. They have consequences think hard about how you're going to vote. Let's. uh, I had a couple other odds and ends. They weren't really trucking related, just some interesting stuff I saw in the news. I think I'm going to skip them because the calls are starting to pile up. We're going to find out what's on your mind today. We're going to start in Pennsylvania. Brian, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Kevin. Um, Is freight slowing down? I I heard something about that. I don't know. I hadn't noticed. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know uh, it's, it's interesting because in the news freight is slowing down and rates are going down. I mean th- those are the headlines everywhere. Yet many of the people who call into me, Matt called in with his numbers, we've had lots of people call in with numbers, they're still killing it.
1: You know, last year I was in competition with Matt, but this year I can't even.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah, it all um, it all came together for him this year, there's no doubt
1: yeah um yeah i'm i'm I've never been happier to be sitting at my desk at home on a Thursday catching up on office stuff um i I'm just now wrapping up my taxes
0: <laughs> oh, I know the feeling yeah that's um, that's always us are, are
1: yours are yours done yet Kevin the, the corporate's done but the
0: personal isn't done yet <laughs> I, know. I know
1: so. Um, so, you know, but then when I get in that office mode, I get on a roll and, uh, oh, oh, we're also switching insurance companies. Um, I know you like to get the insurance. Yeah. So, yeah. So same agent, um, just finishing my third year with my authority renewing for year four. I was a little worried because I, I haven't had any at fault accidents, but I've had some weird stuff. Um, you know, this year I caught a low cable line and did like $20,000 worth Ooh. of damage. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, it was ugly. And uh, last year, you might remember, I had a trailer stolen, which I don't know if I ever gave an update. It, no. That was recovered six months later.
0: Was it really?
1: Yeah, I almost. It- yeah, it was an accidental thing, of course. Um, you know, I, I think it's JB Beyond's fault. I'm not scared to mention their name. I work for
0: them. <laughs> hey, hey, this happens so often in trucking. It's shocking to me sometimes that they ever find these trailers. Um, I had a trailer I've talked about. I had a trailer that, you know, belonged to a broker that I pulled a load for. I, I might have pulled three or four loads. We were supposed to do a whole bunch more, and it all fell through. And I had his trailer and, you know, I waited about a week or two and nothing was happening. And I called him up and I said, look, you don't seem to have any of that freight you, you had. Um, where do you want me to drop off your trailer? And he's like, I don't know. I'll get back to you. And like eight months later, I still had that trailer and I was using it. <laughs> <laughs> I was moving pallets around with it. I had a contract to move pallets locally, and it really came in handy. I tried to give it back to the guy that said so that this kind of stuff. Like I said, I'm shocked that they ever found the
1: thing. The, the only reason they found it is because a, a J.B. Hunt driver brought it to one of the rental facilities locations because I, I don't even – either the inspection was out or it was because – They said, "Oh, this doesn't have a GPS." At JBR, we require all our rental trailers to
0: have GPS. (laughs) Yeah, that's why too. So they don't lose so many of them.
1: Right. Well, the crazy thing is, you know, of course, hindsight. But uh, I might have mentioned this they they actually took the GPS off of it when I rented it because they only put it on there if the if the uh, if you're going to pay for it. I'm exactly. Like, well, hey, right. Why, yeah, okay. I Why do you it?
0: care? Right.
1: So I found out that, uh, you know, as always, uh, the the driver always ends up on the hook, right? Yep. But,
0: That's right.
1: But anyway, I was up to like 16,000. Um, I was with daily underwriters. My renewal came in at 15 and great West quoted me at ten eight. Wow. And, uh, of course, then Daly was like, well, we could do yeah. it both times. I was like, no, no,
0: sorry. nope, doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. I used yeah. to know some people at Great West, too. It was a company I worked with a long time ago. Um, so that's I, awesome. I, I, that's fantastic I, yeah. news. You said something I, I earlier, really and excited. I want to go back to it, because I, I think this probably plays a role in what just happened for you. You said, my agent... That means something to me. That means you didn't just go out and randomly look for insurance and contact a company directly and get insurance. And a lot of people do that. You have an agent. You should use him. People should, when you're in business, you should have an insurance agent, an independent agent, and you should use them. They can go get you insurance anywhere. That's their job to go find you the best deal. They're not beholden to just one company. Like if you would have been dealing with your daily or whoever that was that was charging you sixteen thousand, if you were dealing with them directly and you called them, you probably would still be paying sixteen thousand. They wouldn't have offered you that twelve eight out of the blue. They didn't. The only reason they offered it to you is because you were leaving them because you found a better price. But that's what your agent did, right? He went out and found that price for you.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I actually did get a quote that was going to save me a thousand dollars from a different agent with Northland last year. And it's like you say, you know, the relationship it right. was like, well, right. I'm not going to leave over a thousand dollars, but you know, I talked to them this year, they haven't gotten back to me and I've got a bazillion emails and text messages <laughs> and phone calls. It's crazy when your renewal comes up. Yeah. I'll bet. yeah I don't talk to any of those people. Um, but so I say all that to say here I am in the office mode and I've been putting this off for years and today is the day Kevin I'm gonna do it I'm gonna open I think an individual 401k with excellent Vanguard okay yeah and I just figured out here. I have just over fifty thousand in my neglected company 401Ks to roll over, so I get to be somebody, I
0: guess. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) So I have all kinds of notes and questions here. I hope I hope Matt's listening. I I think uh he did get back to us with that whole backdoor Roth thing. I guess that kind of was a no go. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know if you remember. Toot sounds sounds so good it should be illegal and probably yeah. is. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I guess I, I've always kind of I know you mentioned Vanguard and Fidelity, and I always kind of lean Vanguard because they have such a big presence in Pennsylvania. Um. And I know you've mentioned America's Best 401k. Is that a competitor to them? Seems like they have more fees, though.
0: That's part of the challenge with all this. There are, you know, you look at some companies because you like the way they've set things up. That's kind of why we went to America's Best. They're pretty unique in the way they can set up small 401ks. So that's one thing you look at. But then, of course, you always look at, well, what's this going to cost me? And in investing, the costs are almost always hidden. That's why most people don't even look at them or understand them. They're too hard to try to figure out what you're being charged for things. There's fees and everything's buried and hidden. And they make it look like they're doing all of this stuff for you for free. And we know that's not happening. So this, this is a challenge. Um, You know, have you read the book Money Master the Game or what's the other one? (laughs) Unshakable? I think it's unshakable.
1: No, no, I haven't. Here's what
0: I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend something Okay. and I'll answer any question you've got. We'll stay on this call as long as we need to, but I would not do anything till you listen to that book. OK, if I tried to give you the advice that's in that book, it would take me 30 hours because that's how long the book is. There is really good stuff in there There, that you'll be thinking right. a different way. You'll he'll he'll go through the fees and how you compare fees and how you look at fees. And I'll even make specific recommendations in there of mutual fund companies and programs. And you'll see the fees. It's really worth You know, even if you hate that kind of stuff, just suck it up and get through that book before you're you're in a really unique position right now. You've got cash. You can roll it over. You're kind of starting from scratch. You should read that book.
1: Okay. Oh, I did want to mention you were talking about the Section 179. Um, Since I am. Uh, doing S corp for 2022, and I'm just finishing 2021 taxes. We decided to section 179 everything for this year, okay? Where we'll get a bigger tax break, right? Um, so, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that I'm getting like a more than six thousand dollars back from the feds, and we're just gonna roll it over to next year because we all know I'm not going to make any quarterly payment.
0: <laughs> of course and, not. Uh, yeah, that, that's, I, I loved there, this rule because it really allows us to customize our taxes some year. It's a really powerful rule. But like I said, you can go back and look. The history on this one is so clear. The Democrats lower it down to ten thousand dollars or less. The Republicans get back in control. They try to raise it as high as they can, and they got it to a half a million dollars. Uh, but the and this time, as far as I know, I usually don't miss anything like this. The Democrats haven't even looked at it this time. They're I think they're way too busy with their whole green agenda and you know turning the whole world green <laughs> that they're they just. Didn't bother with this one this time, but that that pattern is so clear over the last thirty years.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, and we're even projecting that that's going to cover me for for next year. So that's awesome.
0: Good, good. Yeah, yeah, that's nice.
1: Um, i i will I will read those books. Read the book and then call me. Don't mind.
0: Yeah, no, no, if you still okay. have questions, let's okay. go over them. Yeah, and we'll we'll keep going over them after you read the book. I just think it will be a much better conversation after you've listened to the book.
1: Right, okay. So on the individual 401k, I mean, that seems like the way to go because the yes. old IRA, you just can't get enough money in. Correct. And the right. individual is the only one that gives you the Roth option, right? Yes. Yep. Other so then, than just doing a limit.
0: Roth, but then you have the same problem you have with a traditional—you just can't get enough in each year.
1: Right. Okay. And then the uh, the limits on the individual four hundred one k on the employer side and the employee the employee side, you get a better tax advantage on the employer side, right? No.
0: This gets really confusing when you own your own S corp because you're paying all the, the <laughs> everything is yours. So you're paying all the taxes, whether they are you know flow through the S corp or so. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't even think about those kind of things because they don't matter. It just is what it is. We just have to deal with it. Um There are some strategies where we kind of you know, decide where we want to put the money in, eat, how we're going to do it, but it doesn't make much of a difference. That, that's not where I would be focusing right now. What I'd be focusing on is, is what you were talking about. Where do I want to open this account? What are the fees? Um, then when we get to the accounts open, it's time to make your contributions. We can look at what, and, and we can do this once a year if we want. So, you know, you can wait, make your contribution, and then pick and choose the way you want to make it. Because you also, there's another big decision here, and that is, are you making your contribution pre-tax or post-tax? You decide that. Every year you get to decide that. Every time you make a contribution, you get to decide, do you want it pre-tax or post-tax?
1: Right. Okay. And then the only other thing I was looking at, um, I know, you know, the funds you normally recommend and I was looking at those and looking at everything else and, you know, being that I'm 36 and I feel like I have a pretty big risk tolerance, uh, kind of trust the numbers of past performance, you know, even though past,
0: Uh, wait, wait,
1: wait, not
0: not only that, (laughs) not only that, stop. I, I know this is tempting to look at past performance because what else do we have? I mean, I, I can't look at the fund manager and know that this guy's a rock star. Or I, you know, you're not going to figure that kind of stuff out. If I could, I wouldn't have to give them their money. I would just invest it myself. So I just, I, I wouldn't look at it that way.
1: Well, and, I, and I'm not, look, these are all index funds. I'm not looking at any
0: okay. well, actively managed funds. Okay, good. That, that changes my answer. What I was going to say is he, one of the things, and, and it's easy to research because somebody writes an article on this just about every year. Um, go back and look in 2021, what were the top 10 performing mutual funds? Top 10 blew everybody else away. Crazy returns. They put out a list every year. Then look to see what happened in 2022. They're almost <laughs> never, none of the top 10 make it to the next year. Almost never happens. That's how volatile these, these are. So this is the strategy that screws everybody. They go look at that top 10 list every year and they go buy it. Well, wait a minute. Why are you doing that? We can see the pattern. Those Those companies never repeat. So why would we do? It's almost the opposite. You should avoid those companies like crazy. The the pattern's clear. If they have a really great year and make it to the top 10, they're not going to make it the year after that. So it's almost like you should use that list the opposite way. Oh, hell no, I'm not buying anything on that list. Already missed that boat. It already sailed. That's a. It's a really clear pattern. So trying to guess even index fund. Well, index funds are better because nothing's going to change in an index fund. We don't know what could change in a managed fund. You know, the guy goes on a carnivore diet and, you know, becomes a rock star and his fund goes through the roof or the other happens. You know, he starts um, doing Xanax every morning. I don't know. They get a new fund manager. So in, in managed funds, Things change constantly. If you're looking at index funds and you see some things that maybe catch your interest, yeah, can't hurt. I mean, an index fund if it has reasonably good performance in the past, you could see the pattern. Like if you look at the S and P 500, that's our, our, you know, that's like the core index we look at all the time. It has a pattern. It doesn't always go up. It goes down too. But the pattern tends to be it just follows the market itself. It is the market. Whereas managed funds, are there some managed funds that even though the the S&P 500 returned like 18% last year, some crazy number, are there mutual funds that lost money last year? Yeah, there are. Oh, yeah. And you wouldn't have wanted to be in those. So that's why we stick with the index funds. Do, do you happen to have one in particular that you remember looking at and thought
1: was interesting, or just looking at the long term with all the time I have? But like I look at the EFA or the Russell 2000, and it's like it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. You know what I mean? And then I'm looking at like the small cap index and the mid cap index. They Underperformed the 500 in the 10 years, but since like 2000, it's crazy. They're at like so, like the
0: so that's a good one. Uh, like the you, fu- you said you were looking at an EFA and then you were looking at a small cap fund, or you said Russell to EFA well, and Russell 2000. Then you mentioned this other small cap fund. What's this other small cap? Fund oh, yeah,
1: about? so. Sorry, sorry. No, what I meant was I looked at EFA and Russell 2000, and I, I I wasn't all that impressed. And then the and then that whole end of the world book has me freaked out about everything non-American. You know, <laughs> and then, uh, that
0: that's true. Um, and I if you've noticed over the years, I've kind of made the EFA more optional, and I've said, look, you could do this with two funds, right? You do the S&P in a small cap fund and be done with it. And don't worry about investing, you know, out of the country at all. I I kind of agree with that one. And you're right. That book really kind of freaked me out a little bit. We're heading into a global recession. Um, That EFA, it might not be a bad idea to dump the EFA if you have one, move it into the other two instead.
1: Yeah. So then, what I was saying was in contrast. So, like, if you look at the the S and P five hundred index over, kind of our benchmark, right? So, ten years, it's up two hundred percent since two thousand. It's up three hundred percent. But then, if you look at this uh, small cap index, you know, the ten years not as good. It's only one hundred fifty percent. But since two thousand, it's up four hundred seventy seven percent.
0: So that one then, is comparable to the Russell 2000. The Russell 2000 is a small cap fund. Oh, okay. And there are some other small cap funds okay. out there. So th- we're we're really talking about the same market. Um, you may have found a fund that has really good performance over the years. And, and to choose that one would be fine. And usually when I say this, I say we want the S&P 500. I'm specific about that one. Then I usually say, and we want a small cap fund like the Russell 2000 or the Wilshire 2000 or uh, like it. And you found one. It's a small cap fund and you dug through the numbers and you like that performance. Absolutely. Then get that one.
1: Okay. And then this other one is actually even more impressive. They have a mid cap index fund, Uh, you know, not as strong on the 10 year. Uh, as the 500. It's 170, 170%. But since 2001, it's up 530%.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so one of the things to remember is when we have those high flyers, they tend to get hit harder in a downturn. And that's just normal. They had more room to grow. They have more room to shrink. We don't worry about that, especially at your age. Um, You know what? You did some... Nice work here. You dug into some numbers. This is exactly what I I love when people do. And it gives me some ideas based on what is going on in the world. Why don't we drop the EFA and add the mid cap fund?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It looks, looks really good over the, yeah, that's a
0: whole that, you know, it's not really the same as a small cap at all. That's the whole point. It's not a small cap. It's a mid cap. Uh, we could. there are large cap funds too. Um, we don't normally look at those. They tend to be slower growth. They tend to be more dividend stocks. But this mid-cap, that's good performance. And the idea of the rest of the world might be pretty volatile for a while. I like the idea of three ways, the S&P 500, the small cap, and the mid-cap.
1: Yeah, and... <sighs> Not to make this more complicated or make this longer, but there are two other ones I was looking at to kind of maybe diversify that third that you would normally all put in the 500. Um, there's a growth index fund and a large cap index fund, and they're they're pretty close to the 500, um, but they're at, but they are actually a little better performance since.
0: So I don't, little, I don't like large cap. Really I, I tend to, to, well, don't forget you in just the first two we talked about, um, you know, let's use the, the S&P 500 and a Russell 2000. Whether you take another small cap fund, it's going to be pretty similar. Just in those two funds alone, we own stock in 2,500 companies. That's pretty diversified. Right, right. And then then I also believe that diversification also means other things outside of stocks completely. Like, do you have some money in real estate or do you have some money in precious metals? I'm not a fan of that, but there are times it might make sense. So diversification doesn't – there are times where I might just say, I'm just going to put – if I'm in the market, I'm just going to put it all in the S&P 500 and I'll diversify in other ways. So we don't have to, you know, be too crazy about diversifying in the market. You're already at 2,500 companies.
2: Right, right.
0: So if we pick up that okay. mid-cap fund, now we're well over 3,000 different companies in pretty different segments of the industry. Mid-cap is very different from small-cap you know, there, that's a, there's a big difference in those two groups of companies. The S and P 500 is pretty well diversified. That's why it tracks the market so well. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would add more than three. I mean, I, I think I would pick three and be done with it. That That's plenty of diversification.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate all you do for us and, uh, I'll let you get to the next one.
0: Well, congratulations. Sounds like, I, I, and I know that when you do this kind of work, one, it's tedious and it's hard, but it's it's exciting too, isn't it? When you're here, you've like you said, you know yeah. you've been wanting to do this for years when you finally sit down to do it. Um, that's a good feeling. So congratulations. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Indiana. Mike, welcome to the program.
1: Well, long time,
0: no talk. What's on your mind today? First time I've been on this. Uh, oh, good. Good to have well, you back. a couple
3: things. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah. One of the things I was going to say is some of this woke stuff with like Chris and stuff, I think I figured out their problem. They've got that, uh, what do they call it, PD, that bend in your boner thing? <laughs> That's their problem. <laughs> I think you're right. Need to explain to him th- how to do exercises or something. You know?
0: <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah that that would that yeah. that would tend to make you kind of nasty. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Hey, uh It's kind of funny. I wasn't going to talk about this fellow the last caller. He was talking about this financial stuff. Now, I've got a financial planner. that's made me a lot of money over the years. Good. Uh, he's got. Well, I, and I have all my money with him, and it goes through a company called Clark Capital, which is actually a fee-based company, which uh, I prefer. And I actually done pretty well with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's less than one percent. Less than one percent, like awesome. Ramsey said. If you're going to get it. Yep. Um. And another thing nice about them is is um, if there is any changes and stuff, they haven't lost near what everybody the market has done this year. That's a good sign.
0: Uh, but they
3: always, my my financial, what's kind of amazing about it is my financial planner, Will there's him and two other guys that work for him. And when they make decisions, they all make it together. And then if there's any major decisions made, they call you in and then have a Zoom call with a couple of managers at Clark Capital and explain everything that's going on and why they're doing it and stuff. It's that, kind of impressive, you know. That is impressive. That's good I service. If that's just a, uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's a sales gimmick or what.
0: But, well, even if it is, but, uh, hell, I don't care. I mean, if if we want to call you know. good customer service, you know, a, a sales tactic, fine. Um, I think it's the best sales tactic yeah. in the world. If you provide outstanding right. customer service, then you don't have to be selling constantly. I, I love that idea. Yeah, well, it gives you a little
3: more, it gives you a little more confidence in them, you know, because exactly. I've talked to my financial planner. I've listened to you a lot. I'm doing it myself. But, God, I just got so – I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I just got so much money now that <laughs> I just don't know why. I don't, That's I don't right. know where to manage it, you know. Let somebody else manage it. So, That's the beauty of it. There you go. Yeah. So, anyway, we went out to Arizona this last year, We we bought a home – out there in one of them 55 and up golf yeah. course communities where you run around in the golf and there you go we didn't we bought a home and it's actually got a awning to we can park our motor coach under the awning and stuff there and nice and um uh, but i come come back and i was i you know i was kind of thinking about giving up the trucking but then you know the company i haul for one one company and i have for eight or nine years and it's just 50 percent deadhead and yeah, you know, I got this old FLD, the one that, you know, I bought your motor out of a CMC, you know. Show. Right. And I didn't, I, round trip last year I did 9.2 because, wow. you know, 50% deadhead. That's and, still awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, and out of an FLD, you know, like I, I,
0: I mean, think about that. Yeah. Of, you know, I just said, I think yeah, it was yesterday. Well, okay. Uh, an FLD with an N14 might be the most practical truck ever built, but there was nothing all that exciting about them, and I never really okay. expected that we would get to a point where we could get nine miles to the gallon out of an FLD, but that's pretty awesome. Well, but
3: you know, I got a lift axle on it, and I got a gear just right. Of course, drive, that's and, the point. You know, I drive yeah. 50, 50 by <laughs> 60, and when I'm deadheading, I got a lift axle on my trailer and a Fontaine trailer. and i do really well because everything's four dollars a mile and i got two trailers so it's all drop and hook and every other day i got a load going out you know 500 miles and, and you know my operating cost is you know for fuel is only like i think 38 39 cents a mile wow yeah that's and incredible. i do all my i do all my own maintenance because i keep up on it i don't have any maintenance really you know um it's real simple to do keep up on it but um, my my thought is I love my truck, but I've also been watching Joel and following it. And I went, you know what? Uh, maybe I need to. I, I'd be lost if I didn't do this when I come home from to Indiana. And and I thought I don't want to be out in Arizona during the heat, so we come back. Uh, man, I'm my customer talked me into keep on hauling for him. You know, <laughs> we well, just do whatever you want to do. You know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so then I get home and it's I, I couldn't imagine not doing this. But right. then I thought, you know, what, maybe I might want to finish out with one of them new Volvos and get it geared just right. Um, I keep putting on there, i like Joe to call me, but he won't ever answer me on Facebook. <laughs> but I'm kind of curious to see what I could get with one of those Volvos. You know, so, PVC pipes would I haul?
0: So here's the thing. Um, it's always a little bit of a risk. I mean, it's, it's, we're getting much better at specking this new technology and knowing what to expect. Aye. There's always those trucks that kind of shock us. Like we spec it right. Everything seems right. The fuel Aye. economy just isn't there. And we're, we're getting Aye. better at that. I don't worry about that as much as I used to. But I would tell you this. You're already getting nine. The odds that Aye. a new truck is actually going to save you money and put more money to the bottom line, forget that idea. It's not going to happen. Aye. You're you're yeah. you're doing too okay. well already. If you were getting six, I'd say, well, Aye. we might be able to make this a free truck for you. If you're getting six and we can get you to Aye. nine or 10, the fuel will make the payment, but that's not going to happen with you. A new yeah. truck is going to cost yeah. you money. But my thought, knowing you and your history and where you are, I'd be out buying a new truck. I would finish out my career with a new one.
3: Yeah, you know, I, and I thought that too. But I, I also know, and, and and you know, everything hey. that we have is paid for. But it still bugs the shit out of me that if I was to
4: <laughs> buy a
3: new truck, and I sit there and go, God, you know, I hey. spent out of hundred eighty thousand hey. dollars. I got to pay myself back.
0: So that's your so that's another big consideration. So we kind of look at this like uh, well, let's look at it the way you look at your motorhome. You don't right. have to have that motorhome, right?
4: No. Uh-uh. You,
0: you could sell it and you'd have a whole bunch more oh. money in the bank or in your investments, right? Right. Yeah. But but we choose sometimes to spend money to make our life better. And it doesn't always work out. And sometimes right. we just go spend money because right. we want to spend money. Here's here's what I love about a decision right. like this. You've done so many things right that now we get to right. make decisions that have no really big downside. You know, sometimes somebody might call me and say they're considering a new Volvo and I would do everything I could to talk them out of it. I'm not gonna do that with you, you've earned it. If you decide you want a new Volvo just because you want it, it has nothing to do with the math or the numbers, then go do it, you've earned that.
3: Right, yeah. Yeah. On the other That's hand, funny story
0: is, on the other hand, I'm kind uh-huh. of at that same place in life. I don't want to work as hard as I have the last 40 years. I've worked really hard to get to where I am. Right. Lots of hours, weekends, nights. I, I don't want to do that anymore. I, it, I don't want to quit. I'm not ready to right. retire. But I'm also, I don't want to keep working the way I've been working. So that does influence the decisions we make in business. You know, I, I if if I don't wanna work as much, I I have to stop taking on big projects. You know, I have to make different decisions. And sometimes, you know, you could look at that and go, Well, it would be nice to buy a new truck, but I also like just having that big cushion and that extra money and not worrying about it. Yeah. But what I but what yeah. I love about decisions yeah. like this is there's no real downside. There's no, you know, yeah. big Mistake we're going to make here. I, I've been in that place where right. every decision I made could turn disastrous. You know, when you're on the edge and right. you know you're struggling to to keep the business going, every decision becomes critical. Well, you're, you've you've earned your way out of that. These decisions aren't that critical
3: anymore. I think. Uh, I, yeah, I know, and that's what's so hard to get out of because I've always <laughs> lived my life on the edge. Right. I know. And so know. every time you, you do something, I mean, I still drive it. I, I don't even want to go out and buy a new pickup. I still like driving my old 96 uh, Ford Ranger around. Yeah, I You That's know,
0: I, I still drive my 07 FJ, and I keep thinking, you know, why don't you upgrade yeah. it to something? But I don't want to. I like it. It does just fine. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, I was driving around the other day, and I got pulled over driving down a county road with that old. that old um, ranger and the guy pulled me over and said you you know know, what are you doing driving down the center lane I said I'm missing the you know you know the potholes and stuff. I said, you know, I, I said, how kids ride the bicycles on this, you know? What are you, what are you pulling me over for? It's a County Road, you know? You know, out in the middle of country. Exactly. He goes, well, he said, I did notice when I got up behind you, your license plates are a year out. I like, oh, shit, no kidding, I didn't know that, you know? Uh,
0: you know what I've, I've noticed? I, I think back to the way I spent money in my 20s. And, you know, I was I, I was a business owner. I was doing pretty well financially. and um, But, I, you know, I would think about a new car. And, you know, you, you'd look at a new yeah. car and I'd say, boy, what can I afford? And then you go down to the dealer and you start working on financing. And, you know, you're, you're pushing it. You're like, well, well, could I upgrade to this? Will you still finance me? And it's like, you'll you just make really bad decisions at that point, it seems like. You know, I'm, right. here I am. I have to borrow money yeah. to buy the car, and I'm trying to borrow more. Now, it seems like right. I'm, in, I'm in the same position you are right now. I can walk into any car dealer I want, and I'm not bragging here. It's just, you know, um, later in life, I, right. this is where I should be. I can walk into any car dealer I want and pay right. cash for whatever car I want to drive. And you know what? I don't. I don't want it
3: anymore. Uh, I realize appear. that
0: it's just not worth it.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of ironic. It's not changed back to the original topic of the, the financial thing when you mentioned that about about um, uh, the top ten and how they how they yeah. you know do, and then people get stuck on that. That that was one of the things. Kinda of in a sort of a way that they talked about on one of the Zoom calls that people, they had immediate meeting when I originally started asking about you know talking to my financial planner like you know why don't why don't I do this instead of paying the fee you know talk me out of it or what you know right they immediately had a Zoom call with this capital and that's exactly kind of what they were talking about this is what you're going to find yourself into yep yep it's a very you will get pattern. caught in these yeah. And so you don't want to get caught in that stuff. But it's kind of interesting that, you know, you were talking about that and we had yep. done that. So. Yep. Well, listen, that's all I wanted to know. I don't know which way to go on that truck. I, you know, I
0: <laughs> it's, like you know. I said, it, it. I don't know what to tell you either. Um, you know, a lot of times if I have a question like this, sometimes I'll answer it with what would I do? Um, in Hi. this case, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out what I would do, honestly. I mean, if I'm totally honest, yeah. I would be going back and forth, too. I'd be thinking, boy, a new truck would be yeah. fun. You know, we like that kind of stuff. We like the truck. We like the specs. We like the right. challenge. So that that would be fun. I get it. But then I'd start to think, this truck's getting nine miles to the gallon. It's not costing me much on right. maintenance. and. So, really, I'm going to go out and spend $180,000. That's a lot of money.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and this, and then and my old truck, I mean, that thing drives like a sports car. I got it, a line just right. I mean, it's, it's like uh, an old truck. You would be shocked at how good it drives. Oh, I'll bet. You know, I'll bet. It's a, yeah. a little, little, little rattle here and there and there, but not bad. I usually can get rid of those, that stuff. It's a little loud because I got a straight pipe on it, but, uh, you know, a weed burner, but, um, you know, you know that, that, I, I love the truck. I,
0: that, that, I I truly believe, and I said the FLD is not an exciting truck. It's not a sexy truck, but I truly believe it was the best quality truck Freightliner ever built.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything is easy to fix on it. It is. You know,
0: It's solid. It's and simple. So, it's... It's easy to fix. It's the, right. the, it was just a good practical yeah. truck.
3: Not to mention that when all this supply chain came up with, you know, I got called Pittsburgh Power and I said, you know, how many turbochargers you got up there? Just one. I said, well, send it to me. You know? <laughs> I was all worried about it. So, you know, I like got a That's right. air compressor, fuel pump. Perfect. Uh, you know, right. an alternator, yeah. turbocharger. I got everything, you know, that breaks. I've hedged everything out and setting in my shop. So Excellent. You know, yeah. Uh, hey, got all that stuff. So I at least got to run it out. So, Hey,
0: Mike, this is the, the so, reward for doing a lot of things right for a lot of years. You get to this place where you get to make decisions and not worry about every decision you make,
3: right? Yeah, yeah. So, and another thing I thought about with the truck, which is kind of maybe stupid to think about, but you know, I'm signed on with a guy. He lets me do my own thing, and I think he takes, I think it's eighteen percent, and but I don't have to run e logs. And that's I don't true. cheat right that's, now. I don't have to. But every okay. once in a while, I'm like, oh, I want to get home. Now, if I had my own authority, I wouldn't give a shit. I just, I don't care. When they audit me and they see that I cheated on it, okay, they'll <laughs> spank me. Right, right. But with, yeah. him, with him, I got to think about his CSA scores, you know. So here's, so, here's what know, I would say.
0: So. Here, here's what I would say to that issue. And I don't think it's a stupid way of thinking. I really don't. That, that's a pretty big issue. Here's what I would say, though, since this issue came up, ELDs, this is not an exaggeration, but it's not a scientific study by any stretch of the imagination. Just going by the response I've gotten over the years, I would say that it's almost 80 percent. That's a pretty big number of the people who have switched to ELDs that are actually happier and they never thought they would be. That that has been a very, very clear pattern that a lot of people that did not want this now say, oh, you know what? I kind of like it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard it both ways in all the company drivers and owner-operators where we're at. You know, some of them went on it, and they said, how the hell with this? They've done it, and they went back. Then the other guys are like, oh, I like it, you know? Right. I I, I, I guess I I, one of the main...
0: You know, I I, here's, I I would say this, that in the first 10 or 15 years of my career, I would have said, oh, hell no. I, you know, I was running as hard I, as I could possibly run. And, you know, I, the logbook got done at the end of the week. You know, it didn't even bother filling mm-hmm. one out during the week because it wasn't going to matter. And, you know, I'd fill it out at the end of the week and right. be done with it. And I just run as hard as I could. At this point in my life, I don't want to mm-hmm. do that anymore. Hell with that, and I don't want to have to do a right. logbook. So for me, there would, would have right. been a time where I would have said, oh, no, I, no way, I'm sticking with paper. And yeah. but, but now I would say, oh, bring it on. Yeah, I, I don't need to run that hard, yeah. and I'd rather not have to do the logbook. Yeah,
3: I, I guess there's just that, that point I that... It, it, I guess it, I'm I'm cruising along and I get it, I get it. Oh, I want to take an hour nap here and then it ends up being four hours and I'm like oh right. shit I can't I know you know it, it, and I, it's I, you
0: know it, as entrepreneurs this goes against everything we believe we don't want to be told how to run our business and that's kind of what this does right. so I get it I, I don't uh-huh. like that idea either uh, but it just is what it is and since it is a regulation and, and it's there and I I could kind of choose. I think I would just, even if I had the older truck, I think I'd just go on the ELDs and be done with it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess there's just that government I in know. me still. I get, I, yeah, I get I, it. I, I used yeah. to be, I was. I was kind of a Democrat, you know, being a union guy in the airline business, and then I turned kind of the center, and then I went Republican, <laughs> and now I'm just full-on anarchist. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, sometimes I feel like that when I wake up. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I sat in the office there one day, and I watched the dispatcher, and, you know, a guy calls in, said he had to be home. And he goes, well, stop by and get this load. And he goes, well, I I got to get home, and I don't get want to get stuck there. And he goes, oh, he said, you got plenty of time because he was sitting there looking at the guy on the screen on, you know, where he was sitting on the e-logs. And I went, I don't want anybody looking at me. <laughs> Yeah.
0: I know. I can't I, I get wait, it. I, you know. I want to lie to him and say, that no, just, I haven't unloaded my
2: that's half. Right. I'm halfway home. You that's know? right. I know. <laughs> so,
3: yeah. so anyway, but well, it was good talking to you again. Well, glad to I have you here. I don't have so. anything else. I guess I some, yeah, don't yeah, be a stranger keep anymore. Keep up the good work. I couldn't have done a lot of... I, I, I knew a lot. Of, I mean, I knew pretty much about business, but you sure did help me a lot on how to be more efficient in this business. And that's what paid off, you know, Good. as far as what I've done. So I appreciate everything. So you're welcome. All right, All right we'll, buddy. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you we'll again talk soon. talk to you later. All yep. right,
0: take care. Let's head north of the border. We're going to go to Saskatchewan. Garrett, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are
5: you?
0: Good. What can I help you with today?
5: Yeah, you're talking at the open cabin about the um, the vaccines i don't know if you know there's a, a european commission investigation going on at the minute they're pulling in all the the vaccine companies about the introduction there's a dutch mep called rob ross and he had a woman called i think uh jane i think Jeanine smith or something that her name is but um, so yesterday he asked her out straight you know what testing was done to show whether the, the vaccine would block transmission um, she sort of giggled and said, uh, no, no, um, you know, we couldn't do that. And um, you like this line, we had to move at the speed of science. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: actually, no, I, I'm not quite. I actually I saw that, and it is the basis for my next pit show. I, I saw her make that claim. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Um, here's, you know, Basically, we now, now... Now, here's the thing that I wonder about. Don't you remember... I remember this clearly. When the vaccine was being rolled out, they were claiming um, effectiveness in the 90% range. Well, where did they get that data? They oh, never yeah. tested yeah. it. They didn't test that. Where did that well, data I mean, come from? Well,
5: basically, it boils down to one or two things. Some that either... Either the government uh, knew that, that the testing hadn't been done and, and just lied as all about it, or or they they didn't do their homework and actually hold these guys over the calls and say, "Hey, has this testing been, been done?" And I, I kind of uh, I kind of come down on the on the first option. They, they they knew, and for whatever their agenda was, they, they just said no. You know, everyone has to get it. And I, I mean, that, that's the whole this for the you know, uh, you know the vaccine passports that. Yeah,
0: yeah, bullshit. And here's here's how bad they got this wrong. They were claiming 90 some percent effectiveness, which means if we give this vaccine to 10 people, 9 of them will never get covid. That's what they tried to tell us. And that was why they were yep. putting in these well you have to do this to protect other people. Cuz I was saying, look, I don't care if I get covid. I have an immune system. This doesn't worry me. Yeah, but you're going to spread it to somebody else. That's kind of a legitimate argument. I do get that. But wait a minute. They're vaccinated. So why should they be worried? But they have to be worried because it turns out the real data shows that at some point, and it happens about six months after your last booster shot or your last shot, whichever one you got, somewhere between four and six months after that, these are not 90 some percent effective. In fact, their effectiveness is negative. It's not even it's not even 1% effective. As a matter of fact, you are more likely to get COVID if you're vaccinated. That's the evidence and it's rock solid. We can see it all over the world. You are more likely to get COVID if you got the vaccination.
5: And in terms, in terms of, uh, I mean, you're talking about the money grab. They were saying, uh, I mean, this is this is something I seen last year. They were saying that over the next six years, and you're kind of going, hang on, how how do you know we're going to need this over the next six years? But over the next six years, Pfizer was saying, just from uh, the COVID-19 shot, their profit would be sixty billion a year.
0: It, so you know what scares me the most about that? I mean, we hear that number and, and, you know, okay, a billion here, a billion there. What's the difference? These companies make all kinds of money. And people tend to just kind of ignore that. Here's what scares me the most. Do you know why we couldn't talk negatively about vaccines anywhere online? Do you know who was cracking down on those people? Do you know who was putting pressure on those companies to de-platform people? The pharmaceutical company was. So what we're doing no. with this vaccine and these billions and billions of dollars, we're giving them even more power. They can now go run TV commercials nonstop all day long. They can flood social media with garbage reports about how great their drugs are. It, it, we're, we're give- they are already so powerful and now with this vaccine, we are giving them ungodly amounts of power. They have so much money.
5: Yeah. Well, that's basically all the have for today, Ken, because I'm actually just arriving in my terminal. I'm finished work for the day.
0: Well, there you go. Um,
5: I will... Uh, I, I co- I, I've sent you a few messages before about that uh, new international driving, the Scania engine from, from Europe. So, yeah. Some other day I'll, I'll come back back to you about that because they yeah they're really amazing figures
0: uh, let's do that yeah so okay. en- enjoy enjoy your time okay. off you're done for the day thanks for the call and let's do that soon let's talk about that uh all right i think i'm gonna wrap this up for the day um We did not get to our recording yesterday of um, the one-on-one I'm doing with uh, Danielle from Four Sigmatic. Uh, She had something come up at the last minute. We rescheduled it for today. So I said yesterday we would probably have it posted by the end of the day. Um, That obviously didn't happen. We will try to get that up today. So uh, let me see if we have any answers from john or uh let's see joel is in for tomorrow we haven't heard from john yet all right uh looks like we've got another call coming in too so i'll hang out here and take that call angie uh and morgan morgan good morning um if you want to take that call, go ahead. Uh, screen that one, and I'll take that. So we will be back here tomorrow for trucking technology and efficiency. We're not sure if we're going to have John yet. I know he said he was really going to try hard. He's been uh, busy the last couple of weeks, and then last week we thought he was going to be on, and he had a customer issue right at the very beginning. So I'm, I'm, I know he's trying for tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. All right. We uh, are going to grab another call. This time we're heading to Texas. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin.
6: Sounds like you're having an exciting day today.
0: Yeah, it's a good day. The only thing I'm, uh, I'm not great today is the wind's blowing in the wrong direction, so it doesn't look like I'm heading to the river today. <laughs> Can't win them all, right? I know. I know. It's the weather. What are you going to do?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
6: You can be the weatherman.
0: I'm starting Um, to become a weatherman. I'm starting to understand pressure patterns, and pretty soon I'm going to be making my own predictions (laughs) about what's going to happen with the wind. And there
6: you go. Hey, I was calling because I read that article that was in. I'm not sure whether I read it on True Social or whether I read it on Healthy Tribe, but that uh, study that was done in Florida, yeah. About the mRNA vaccine and all that. Yeah, it, and then the what? Eighty four percent came up with deaths,
0: or you know, I was, I thought negative. I, I need to go back to, and, and dig in this. The first time I read this, I thought I read it was eighty four percent increase of injury from the vaccine. But yesterday I heard a report, and I don't remember where I heard it. They said eighty four percent increase in death from the vaccine. That's a, I mean, either one is bad. Either one is really bad because when we talk about injuries from this vaccine, the most common injury we're talking about is to the heart. Mm -hmm. We have no idea what that's going to do to these people long-term. And most of the people having heart issues are young. They're going to have to deal with this the rest of their life. Right.
6: Right. Because, I mean, when they had uh, another report I heard was, the deaths and athletes had gone up from 2.35 a year up to I forget the exact number of, the, of those 35 or 45 a year.
0: Yeah, I've reported so on this several times. Seventeen hundred percent increase. Yeah. Yep, I've reported on yeah. that several Gosh, times. It's insane. All
6: the cardiovascular problems they're having.
0: Yep. Yep, that is it's absolutely just, just insane. Crazy. It is. I know. And and Um, how how have we become so screwed up over this issue that one state is telling people, don't take this vaccine? They're telling a very specific group of people Mm -hmm. not to take it. Do not take it. It's too dangerous. It's way too dangerous. And yet we still have people being kicked out of the military for not taking it. You still can't cross the border. Yeah. As far as the U.S. is concerned, if you don't yeah. take it, what? How could we be so screwed up mm. about this? Well, well, you, you have that wrong, Kevin. You can cross the border, just go on the south side and come this way and be an illegal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, how? How can we be? You know, and and here's the thing: we the thing that Florida is saying right now. We were saying well over a year ago. This isn't new. We knew this almost immediately oh, yeah. that this was a problem. But when you tried to talk about it, yeah. you got deleted. This was one big issue that right. if you tried to push this issue on social media, you got deleted. Yep, exactly. So And, and then then let's go one step further. We in. also have a state that if a doctor is talking about the vaccine to his patients, there is a risk he could be fined or lose his license if he spreads what they call misinformation. Well, wait a minute. Dr. Fauci is by far the biggest spreader of misinformation, and we can prove it over and over and over. We have it on video. He is by far the biggest spreader Mm -hmm. of misinformation. Why don't we pull his license? Yeah. I don't see that happen anytime soon. No, of course not. It's insane. We have one state telling people don't take this vaccine, and we have another state that could pull a doctor's license and ruin his entire career if they think he said something wrong. But who gets to decide what's wrong?
6: Right. Well, I mean, but but what is wrong about what they're actually telling their patients? It's like the other thing when there was patients who, during the beginning of it, when they, you know, going into the hospital, when they doing the respirators and their spirit all and all that, going into the hospital and telling the you know staff of the hospital they didn't want to be on a ventilator, they didn't want the respirator at all, and then they were trying to get you know their family member out of the hospital because they were you know forcing them to do all that, and they wouldn't let them get out.
0: Oh, it I I, mean. I dealt with it with a close personal friend. We dealt with all of this. Oh, JT, I, I yeah, begged his wife not to go to the emergency room, but they didn't have any choice. They waited too long. And once he was in, we right. tried everything. There was n- the, the hospital just refused yeah. everything. And he ended up on a ventilator and he died and he did not need to die. Yeah. I'm sure I mean- of it. Yeah, it's it's just disgusting what's going on with the
6: I mean, like you say, you know, about the medical thing. It's an awesome system if you're hurt and you need, you know, absolutely ur- urgent medical care and all that. But the other side of it, the medications and all that, for the most part they're all screwed up. It's just uh
0: Totally disgusting. So, so you know, so we could also, we, we've talked about the fact that we have a state here that's telling people not to take it, and we're still kicking people out of the military and ruining their careers over this. Um, Australia. Now, this is kind of bizarre. I I was shocked at the way Australia and New Zealand responded to this. I think part of it was they thought that because they are an island that they could stop COVID in their country completely i believe that was part of what they thought and obviously that was a huge mistake it didn't work but australia was uh, australia had like you know camps that they were sending people to Uh, it was horrendous the way Mm -hmm. they responded to this (laughs) so with that in mind australia may have been one of the worst countries in the world for their response to this i was shocked but they are now no longer recommending the vaccine for anybody under fifty. Australia is now saying, "Don't take yeah. it." Um, Norway is now recommending nobody under sixty-five should take the vaccine.
2: Yeah, uh, It's,
0: it's oh, well. I thought there were, you know, saying about New Zealand all because of Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, it was a real thing. <laughs> I was shocked. I, I always said, you know, if I ever had to leave this country for some reason, plan B for me was always New Zealand. I mean, when I look around the world, that I'd love to live there. It's a beautiful place. But, boy, after their response to this, yeah. I'm not sure anymore.
6: Yeah. Yeah. It's... <sighs> just can't even hardly speak about it
0: anymore. No, but the the other thing we should know about New Zealand, and I'm sure this is why their response was like this, New Zealand and the United States have one thing in common. They're the only two countries in the world that do one thing. You know what it is? Um No, I can't say I either. So we were just talking about this whole vaccine thing, and maybe there is no big conspiracy. Maybe it's just about money, right? Maybe it's just a big money grab. That might be all this is. Oh, I know what
6: you're talking about. Big Commercial ads. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, New Zealand and the United States are the only two countries in the world that allow advertising of pharmaceutical drugs, TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, wherever. There's only two countries in the world that allow that to happen and New Zealand and because of that yeah. that's why these pharmaceutical companies are so powerful because they can afford to blanket the airwaves with their commercials they can afford and they've been known mm-hmm. to put pressure on social media platforms to delete people like me so, right. it, why would it be any different in New Zealand? They have just that much power in New Zealand as well.
6: It's it's just disgusting. It
0: is. We we live in
6: what's supposedly a free republic, but it sure seems like it's a
0: demonic it, democracy anymore. It, it's uh, elections have consequences. I, I'm not. You know, saying the Republicans are, you know, the end all and be all and our saviors. But at this point, I've given up on the libertarians. There's just as sad as that is oh. for me. Um, we're at a place right now where trying to fight to get libertarian candidates in is a bad idea. I, I don't. And, you right. know, I've gone back and forth on this issue over the years. Yeah, I'm going to vote for who I want to vote for. But you do have to look at the negative mm-hmm. consequences of doing that. And I'm at the point now where there's too much at stake. I, I couldn't tell you if we even have a libertarian yeah. candidate this year. We probably do, but I don't know who it is because I, I don't care. I'm not voting for him this time. I can't. We're right. we're at a we're at a critical yeah, place yeah. in politics in our country, and unfortunately for me, right now, the Republicans are just the lesser of two evils.
6: Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at uh, Mitch McConnell. What he's doing. With uh, Lisa Murkowski and uh, I forget the lady who who actually won the Republican nomination for Alaska, but he's putting out all these ads on her that you know she's bad and she's she's lied about all this stuff and she's always for the past 20 years or so she's been a government you know exposer of all the corruption in the government yeah. and all that. Right. Mitch McConnell's doing everything he can do to. Knock her
0: out. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, There's, he he needs uh, to go. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I have thought that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, like so, I said, they're 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 yeah. only slightly better at this point, really. But it, it's enough. Yeah. Um, the the Democrats, to, in in my opinion, have just gone off the deep end. I mean, I don't even understand what they're doing as a party anymore. I really don't. Uh, and I keep asking for people who vote yeah. that way to explain, you know, did, did, are you really happy with the direction your party is going? And I, I can't get anybody to talk to me about it.
6: Yeah. And then I think it's the governor in Hawaii, the the Democrat governor from Hawaii. I, I heard from a family member last night that she's totally turned from the Democrat Party, and the Democrat Party's now turned on her. For, oh, um, no, not
0: the—that's um, yeah, not the governor. You're thinking of— uh, uh, She used to be a congressman. She's not anything now. She doesn't hold any office right now. Tulsi Gabbard. I think—yeah,
6: Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, yeah she
0: doesn't—she She was a, she yeah. was in Congress, not in the Senate. She was in the Congress— Um, she doesn't hold any office now, but she, she came out yesterday. That was the big news. And she has officially left the democratic party. She hasn't said whether she's going to join any other party or not. Um, and she's not currently running for any office. Although I, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. she's going to do something. She's, she's really impressive. Um, I swear I would have voted for her as a Democrat before I would have voted for some of our Republican candidates, but, uh, We'll have to wait and see. I don't. I just. I can't see her becoming a Republican. Um, I could see her yeah. becoming a Libertarian because I really right. think that's what she is. Yeah. They,
4: yeah
6: well, the, the the thing about you know being a Libertarian is that you know you really don't have a voice. You try to make yourself a voice, but the, like I've said about the Republican Party in the past. Where the Republican Party, the bigger problem that they had was that they couldn't do like the Democrats do, and you know, jump on the bandwagon. And everybody goes for this and here, and everybody's at their, the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party. They've all got their certain issues they want to deal with, and they can't, you know, come to a consensus about taking care of this or taking care of that. Yeah. But it's the true problem is the fact that the federal government is doing 95% of what it's not supposed to be doing in the first place.
0: Yeah, exactly.
6: Not even, we're really not even supposed to even have any thought of them being in our lives. No, that was
0: never the plan. Our government was never designed to be this big. And because of that, we've given like I was talking earlier. Now we have these agencies that we don't get to vote on. We don't get to vote for the people who run these Uh agencies, yet they use these agencies to control business and finance and almost everything else, including vaccines. I mean, who the hell would have ever thought that it was going to be OSHA that forced us to take a vaccine? But that's how they did it. Yeah.
6: hmm Yeah. Uh, we may, All we right. To enlighten the people.
0: There you go. All oh, right, thanks, Mike. The, yep, thanks for the you, call. Calls you. are piling up again. I thought we were done, but as long as you've got calls, I'll hang out. Let's go to Texas. Dwight, Hello. welcome to the
7: program. Hello, Kevin. Um, hey, yesterday you had a guest, and he was... Uh, you know, talking about the gardening and uh, I guess he was a distributor. I, I don't know. So, yeah, that, about raising organic vegetables. Yeah. So I'll give you the background. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't
0: give a lot of background yesterday. I wanted to get right into stuff. But uh, David Stelzer uh, was with us yesterday. He is the founder of Azure Standard. They are one of the largest distributors in the country of organic um, regenerative kind of food. They run their own farm. That's how they got started. They, they started as a family farm here and they're only 30 miles away from me here in the gorge, um, maybe a little farther. They started as a, a family farm, uh, organic, very regenerative. Um, then they started partnering with other regenerative farms and distributing their products for them. Now they have this nationwide... Um, distribution so the way it works is you go online and you order and then you choose a pickup point point. and it could be a church it could be somebody's house it might be a local you know small grocer uh, Grange Halsey talked about and then you know when each week you go pick up your order um, you can order every week if you want you can order whenever you want they have just amazing products I mean, stuff I can't find anywhere else. And the other thing I love about them is it's like being able to shop at a traditional grocery store and Costco at the same time. Because almost everything I can buy packaged, I can buy in bulk from them. And it's even easier than Costco. So, you know, yesterday we were talking about gardening and preserving and, you know, the gardening part I get is the most difficult part of this. You know, you have to have the right land. You have right. to have the right weather. You have to have the time. You have to have the desire. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a big deal to, you know, manage a, a garden big enough that you're going to preserve stuff at the end of the season. So you could skip that step because I can go and I've done it. Um, I go in and I buy stuff in bulk and then can it. One of the things we just have not been able to grow enough of yet, blueberries. I just, my plants aren't, you know, they need to mature and I need to plant some more. And so we get enough blueberries that we can kind of snack on them when they're, you know, in season. We might get a couple good, but not enough that I'm ever going to be able to can it. And we actually have this recipe for blueberries um, that we can, um, very low sugar, and then we use it as like a dessert topping kind of thing. But I just go right to Azure and I just buy a 10-pound box of blueberries. Uh, You can do it with almost all their vegetables. It's really easy to buy in bulk. We can buy the dairy in bulk. Um, So it's really nice that I can, like I said, it's just like shopping at the grocery store and Costco at the same time. And actually, their bulk uh, offerings uh, are way better than Costco. I mean, really, Costco does sell in bulk, but Their options are are really um, nice when you're buying bulk. I also get my garden seeds from them. Um, Just a a very cool company.
7: Well, I'll I'll have to check them out. Uh, The only thing I'm really surprised being where he's at and everything, uh, because actually what was making me want to like, okay, okay. But he, he kept talking about bacteria, bacteria, bacteria. And he never once mentioned the fungi, which is super, super in, important in the soil, and being right there in Oregon, because you turned me on, and it's kind of kind of neat how this goes. You mentioned Gabe Brown and the no-till, and so then that took me to the soil food web and Dr. Elaine Ingram, which is... Got a, uh, a whole school, uh, a, a very prestigious school, and her students are just taking off all over the world. And one of their big deals is balancing the fungi because our killing is what's killing the fungi more than anything. The right. bacteria is actually right. kind of easy. It's the fungi. And so... Uh, I'm just kind of surprised he, I'm just, he never once mentioned the fungi and that is, you know, we uh, like, you're talking about the, the blueberries. We would have you know, to you've ask got him. to have more fungi. Yeah. We yeah. would
0: have to ask him a yeah. lot of people group all of these things together because they're very similar <laughs> in that they're living things. Bacteria is a living thing. Fungi is a living thing. Lots of people just, when they talk about them and they talk about that, they they together group those in their mind. I don't know if that's what he was doing, but I will tell you this: both of these areas are really still pretty new. I mean, this is we're, we're oh, learning yes. about this stuff every day. So he may not be as up on the the. Um, we call it mycelium actually or fungi or he may not be up on that i mean that's still fairly new but he probably yes. gets the advantage of it without even knowing about it because his practices the way they they don't till the way they use you know no chemical fertilizers whatsoever that I'm sure when I go to his farm, he's probably got mycelium everywhere. I, it, it, but even if he doesn't yeah. understand it, he's still getting the benefit of it because of the, the practice they do, how they grow things. It, 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 then it just happens. Like you said, every time we till, we destroy that whole network, and it has to try to rebuild itself. It, and if we stop tilling, yes, yeah. that network builds and builds, and every year it gets even better. And and these fungi do all kinds of crazy things, and then the bacteria do all kinds of crazy things. And you know, the the we talked a little bit about it yesterday. It, it's like us. Bacteria is huge for us. We oh, never yes. knew it. This is all new. We didn't oh, know our this. microbiome. Yeah,
7: yeah, our microbiome, our our food, our seeds, our our gut. I mean, the yogurt. I mean, I am so Excited about everything that you've brought, and, and a lot of this started uh, with doing the yogurt. And then, and, yeah. and see, now I, I to go back a little history back in the late 80s, and I, I'm still active with it. I, I, I started an organic nursery when organics people look like you got a Three heads they're <laughs> right. like what's organic <laughs> yeah. you know and, and my father-in-law is still you know has that open and i'm tr- trying to get that started again here's the crazy thing
0: let's see we're in the we're yeah a, a hundred years ago just a hundred actually a little less but a hundred years ago all farming was organic yes that was just a hundred years ago that's not that long it was all organic, so do back then, we didn't use the word organic, because why would you? Every, this is how we yeah. farm. There, there was no word organic until right after World War II, and we had created all those chemicals for chemical oh, warfare, yeah. and we didn't know what to do with them. So somebody figured out they actually work great for growing plants, but his explanation yesterday of if we just throw nitrogen at everything, we get big, beautiful, green, healthy plant oh, sorry, big, beautiful green plants, but right. they're not healthy. They're not healthy at all. In fact, yeah. they yeah. now yes, once you start fertilizing a plant that way, you now need to add insecticides and herbicides and fungicides because that plant has no immune system of its own. That's the difference. Right. And, but, but prior well, to World I, War II, I, I, we didn't have those chemicals. Almost all farming was organic. And now, now, like you said, when it first happened, people are going, what's organic? What's it? We didn't know what it was, even though it had only you know been, you know, 40 years prior to that time, you're talking about the eighties. It was only 40 years prior to that time, 40 or 50 years,
7: almost everything was organic. You know what I told them when they asked me what's organic? I said it's the way your grandmother and grandpa farmed. No, it, it's 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 <laughs> yeah. the way
0: Mother Nature
7: works. Hey, yes, but hey, uh, b- before we leave, the one thing I would recommend because you're so into this, uh, and uh, Dr. Elaine Ingram, she started this Soil Food Web. And all these info that that you like, I like, and that people could get so much good info from, it's Soul Food Web and she started a school. And she has drawn all these people together from, you know, Gabe Brown and the mycology, you know, the, my, the study of fungi and mushroom, I, man, you should be into the mushroom hunting as if you need something else to do I, in I between would, your, your winging. You know, I,
0: I was just, <laughs> uh, I, I would love to learn how to forage, not just mushrooms. Mushrooms would be a big part of it, but I would just love to learn how to forage, period, here in the Northwest specifically. The only reason I don't, is just pure time. I mean, I would love to go do it. I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually on this website right now. This looks really interesting. Maybe we can get her on the show.
7: Oh, yeah. Well, there's her. And, and the thing is, she's got so much people in Oregon. And if you want some to test your compost and see where you're at, she's got. Lots of you can go onto her website and find people under her that will test your compost and oh, look I'd at it to. under the microscope. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm And find do out that. exactly your. Yeah, yeah, you would love it. You would love it, and yeah. Um, now, one guy that I thought you might too is is a John Kemp. He's an Amish guy, and he was in commercial organic growing and uh he, he's awesome too and anyway there hey she calls it soil food web it is it's a giant web from gabe brown to this soil food web to uh, it, it's it is literally a web and one deal takes you to the next and it it's super exciting
0: yeah this looks good i think i'm going to take this course they have a couple courses in here, and uh, oh, yeah. looks like they have yes. one for kind of the home gardener. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this. Thank you.
7: Yeah, they have several. Yeah, and one other guy you might look at, and he's got some neat courses, and he's also a prodigy of um, Elaine Ingram, and that is uh, Matt Powers, and he does some courses, and luckily he moved, uh, he moved to Texas. He's in the Austin area now. And I, I can't wait to meet him in person, but he's so stinking busy, you just, you can't get his attention. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm going to take his course so I can just good. talk to him. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to be taking his courses. Yeah, he's uh, he's less than an hour from me. Oh, nice. And, yeah. and I have a, I, I have a small farm and I've got a little, you know, few cattle and, uh, but again, I'm going to try to revive this nursery. By growing or not growing, but uh, making the compost because yeah. Elaine yeah. Ingram's very specific on how her compost or compost should be made, and that's probably what your problem was. Your your stuff had the good had some good stuff, but it just needed to set a while. It, a lot too much was tied up. Yeah, that that
0: seems to be. When it comes to this soil, and like I said, I brought in all the soil, and I was so excited. It's got everything in it you should have in it, yet things just did not grow well in it at all. It's so shocking. You look at it, you can see it's good soil, and nothing um, would grow in it, but it's, yeah. Yeah. it's what you just said. It, yeah. The longer it sits undisturbed, that's one thing. Stop tilling it. Stop tearing up the, the bacteria and the, the fungi networks under there, let it sit. That's a big part of it. And then there are these other things we can do to continue improving it, the cover crops, the composting. But I would love to know, like, I know nothing about composting other than the whole basic brown and green. You, you want to keep a balance of right. brown and green. Right. Everything has to stay wet. But that's about all I know. Other than that, I mean, so that's about all I'm doing. I'm trying to keep a good balance of brown and green going in. I'm trying to keep it wet. And I'm getting compost. I mean, it's working. Um, My biggest issue is I just have to create more. Uh, That was my biggest problem was being able to create enough compost. I'm, I'm growing quite a bit of stuff. But I would love to know more about how to do this right
7: well she she goes through it and and believe me, we still sell a lot of as they call it recycled waste because that's all it is. We sell it as compost at our nursery, and it is not compost now, I used to think it was, and, well, I, and I actually got sued. Because I applied some of this compost and nothing happened, and I got sued because so, they said nothing happened. You know, are you talking about manure? Uh, actually, mushroom compost is what we're buying. Reuse. Oh yeah. You know they. Yeah. You know Campbell's well, Campbell soup. They get the wheat straw. They do grow the uh, mushrooms in it, and then they sell it, and we buy that. Okay. And so but too much is tied up, you know? Yeah. So
0: technically the word compost is very generic. What we're talking about yes. really is just allowing bacteria and time to break something down. What that something is, it, we can compost manure. We can compost chicken manure. We can compost, you know, cattle manure, And we're allowing time and bacteria to break it down so it becomes usable to the soil. You can't let your cow just poop on your plants. It'll burn them. That's not, you know, we can't put manure on our plants. We can put composted manure on our plants. So to me, if they're using the word compost in that sense, that's correct. We can compost the manure. We can compost mushrooms. And mushroom compost is awesome stuff. I've been adding that to my soil for a long time. We can compost forest products, leaves and twigs and branches and plants. So compost is just a generic term. Now, uh, one of, and I'm probably, this is probably what I'm going to learn. Your best compost will probably have all of those things in it you're going to have some cattle manure and some chicken manure and some mushroom compost and some forest (laughs) compost and grass clippings and all of those things will compost. They all bring different nutrients to the mix.
7: Right. One thing uh, Dr. Lane will teach you, uh, because certain plants require... Overall, you could go an even amount of bacteria and fungi, but she will teach you how to get the right microbial balance of, of each and what plants you're going to put it on. Because the brassicas like more fungi, you know, and the, the more woody all the way up to our giant trees, the bigger it is, the woodier it is, the more it likes more fungi right. versus the bacteria, and she will teach you very specifically how to make it. And you can make different batches for different. That's, that's really
0: where I want to get that. That's, you know, I know that adds more complication and that's fine because what I am finding, um, i my strategy, you know, I planted everything and I talked about this. I, I plant one thing five different ways so I can learn what does best but I also have been picking one plant at a time and focusing on it till I learn it. And there's a lot to learn. Like this year, my focus was tomatoes. What can I do to get the absolute best tomato harvest? I found, you know, I actually got that seed from Azure standard, the company we had on yesterday. Um, They have heirloom seeds and their Amish paste tomato was the tomato I grew this year. And, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, what a what an amazing tomato for sauce! Um, but I really focused on it and how much yield could I get out of those tomatoes, and it was incredible. Um, I also put a little bit of focus on peppers this year, and I have quadrupled my output from each pepper plant. Quadrupled.
7: Yeah, I've been listening to you. Pretty awesome. Well, I'm like you. I've been heavily involved in this since well ever uh, even out of high school, but you know, business-wise and wanting to educate myself and when when you brought on the yogurt and then uh, hit, you talked about Gabe Brown, and then one just left me to the another, another, and I have learned more, and it's had more explanations. I'm like, oh, that's why it didn't work, <laughs> yep. you know, because right. <laughs> right. I've destroyed a lot of stuff, wasted a lot of time, and gosh, but you're right. This Elena Ingram, what she has brought forward is an explosion and you know what i think it's going to do too uh it's the carbon sequestration oh yeah farmers are going to save we're going to save the planet it's the farmers absolutely you know well let, let's
0: our let our economy be, with all. let's be fair and i i don't necessarily blame the farmers just like i don't blame doctors i blame the system it is farmers no. that are going oh, yeah. to save our planet oh. because it's farmers
7: destroying our planet. Well, yes, yes, not the oil people. And I'm not going to give the old people a big pass, but, uh, it, it, and no, well,
0: it's, a, it's, Big well,
7: let's let's like just, big pharma. Yeah, let's just think big, about this. Um, certainly
0: yeah. oil companies and drilling and fracking and those kind of things, of course, they can do damage to the environment. I'm not going to argue that. Yes, of yes. course they do, but everything we do as humans, yes. build a house that's hard on the environment. I mean, almost everything we do, but that what are we going to do? We live here, right? So, but, right. Oh, I had a point to that and I just totally lost it. What was it? Um, <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Yeah, certainly fracking, drilling, all that stuff. But just look at the square acreage we're talking about. It is minuscule yeah. with yeah. The, what we do to go look for oil and things like that. The amount of land that is impacted is minuscule oh. compared to farming.
7: Hey, whether you do your whether you cross the country in your coach. Or you fly over, and I used to fly over a lot. Oh my gosh, it's it just it, green dots
0: are are everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. You know the other uh, let weird. Let me make one last it, deal. It, I, I'm gonna. This might be me, odd, but I, I didn't realize driving around the country all this time, and I didn't realize how many farm fields are round. Yeah, you don't know that oh, when you're driving it's around. It's you unreal. can't tell that. But when you fly over them, you're like, wait a minute, all those
7: fields are round. Well, let me make one other point, because what do we hear all the time? Oh, well, we got to feed the world. We can't feed the world with this stupid organic. (laughs) Well, guess what? Elaine Ingram has people doing this naturally, organically, no killing, Hundreds of thousands of acres. Not, and I'm not talking her collectively. There's a guy south of Chicago that has switched over. He had ten thousand, and he's now because she's training people. That's what she's doing with this school. She's training people to go out and spread, and that's what this guy did. Um, York is his last name. I can't. I think it's Adam York. Anyway. So he took his ten thousand. He did it sustainable. He's making money. Oh, and there's oh the amount of money that they save by not buying roundup, by not yeah. buying it, genetically modified, by not buying uh, chemical uh,
0: fertilizers.
7: Uh, oh, they're saving. They lit, He is saving right at or no? Excuse me. Over he's over a million dollars a year savings and chemicals
0: this is savings. why this, this is why conventional produce and conventional meat the prices have gone through the roof but regenerative farms have hardly had to raise their prices at all because they don't have any cost they aren't infected by inflation they don't buy fertilizer They don't buy pesticides. They don't buy insecticides. They don't buy herbicides. They don't need any of that stuff. Right. So with all this big run-up in the cost of everything and then our food prices go up, all of a sudden, all this really expensive meat I've been buying for years isn't all that expensive anymore.
7: Exactly. Exactly. And... The nutrition. We haven't talked about that. The nutrition is just going
0: off the chart. Let's throw something else in that I think I can get even more people interested in. I mean, getting people interested in nutrition isn't all that easy. Let's just talk about taste. Yes, yes. The produce that comes out of my garden is so much better than anything I can get at the store. Just pure taste. Taste, texture. I know. Yeah. So I'm with you. Hey, Dwight. Good stuff. I'm going to cut you loose. The calls just keep piling up on me today. Let's go to Dallas. Lonnie, welcome to the program.
2: What's going on, Kevin? What's
0: on your uh, mind today?
2: Man, I, uh, I had a question about taxes. Sure. Um, in particular, to the uh, how the S Corp works for corporations.
0: Okay. Do you just want me to explain it in um, general, or do you have a specific question?
2: Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you how how I see it, and tell me if I'm wrong. Correct me, and how it works, and all that. Okay. I was under the impression that a pass through, you uh, basically hire a CPA or do your uh, your bookkeeping and all that, and pay your, if you pay pay yourself a reasonable amount of money, and uh, you pay payroll, and then the money that the company makes the profit. All businesses, e for business, and all that is not taxable.
0: No, that is, is not that correct. correct. Not that is not correct.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. So, what it is, it's taxable, but it's not taxable for Social Security and Medicare. You still pay income tax on that money. See, technically, we pay three taxes right off the bat every time we earn money we pay an income tax. We pay tax to Social Security, and we pay tax to Medicare. The, the reason we use the small S-corp is because on some of the money, we can at least eliminate the Social Security and Medicare tax, but we do not eliminate the income tax. So that money is still taxed. It's just not taxed as much. And I can even tell you the number. It's 15.3% less tax. Because that's the amount of we pay into Social Security and Medicare, so on every dollar that we take as a distribution of profit instead of as a salary, every dollar we take we save fifteen point three percent in tax, and that's big.
2: Oh no, no, that's big. Um, so, what is the actual uh, income tax in the spot?
0: Well, income tax is a sliding scale. We start at ten percent, I think we have a 12% in there and then 15 and then 20 and then the highest is up in, you know, 37 or 40 something. So the income tax is a sliding scale based on how much you, how, how much you're paying tax on.
2: Okay. It's making a lot more sense to invest in the IRA because I'm giving the
0: IRA. Now, Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up the IRA because that does almost the opposite for us that an S-Corp does. When we contribute to an IRA, the savings isn't as big as people think it is. Now, I'm a huge believer in doing it, but I like people to understand the money you... Now, we just said the money you take as profit... You pay income tax on, but you don't pay Social Security and Medicare. The money you put into an IRA is the opposite. You don't pay the income tax. You do pay the Social Security and Medicare, though. Yeah, uh, Is it
2: you pay that like yearly? Or it, it, it,
0: so it, when you have your tax return completed at the end of the year and you're Tax preparer says UO X whatever that number is, it's all included. They're not going to break it out for you. It's in the paperwork. You can see it in there, but really everybody just looks at what they owe, and that amount includes your Social Security and Medicare. So every time you either have money taken out of a check, like as an employee, because you're an employee of your corporation. Every time you pay yourself, taxes are taken out and it's all taken out. Social security, Medicare, income tax. Then at the end of the year, we reconcile to see, do you owe more? Do you, are you going to get a refund? But every time, if we pay quarterlies, if we pay at the end of the year, we're paying for all three of those taxes. Does that makes sense? Good
2: thing and bad thing making more money.
0: Yeah, oh, uh, easy yeah, easy. absolutely. I, I, you know, I have to tell people all the time, the good news is I can help you make a lot more money. The bad news is you're going to pay a lot more tax.
2: Yeah, yeah they just, you're like, yeah, oh, crap.
0: I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it, it, And I can help people pay the least amount of tax legally possible But once we do that, and we do that all the time, the more money you make, the more tax you're going to pay. There's just, there really aren't any ways around it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, it's funny because over the years, I've heard people brag about, oh, I have the best accountant in the world. I don't pay tax or I pay so little. I've always been the opposite. I want to be the guy standing in the room saying I paid the most tax.
2: I guarantee you that that, that IRS can knock on your door before he knocks on my door.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like paying tax, but knowing the system, I'll pay the least amount I possibly can. I'll use all the rules to my advantage. But ultimately, I want to be the guy that paid the most tax.
2: Yeah, some people, that cracks me up. But some people get mad because some people don't take taxes. But you can't really get mad at a person. It's more you gotta get mad at the system.
0: The system. I mean,
2: if exactly. They the if they know if they know the loopholes and know how to work the system, you can't. I mean, what do you what are you supposed to do? You yeah, my you gotta do what you gotta do.
0: My answer to that: if somebody wants to complain about that, then let's just vote in the fair tax. That'll end all that.
2: Shoot that. I- I think they should do with the IRS, but that's just me. Well, the
0: fair tax does away with the IRS. That's the beauty of it.
2: Well, you and I both know that
0: ain't going to happen. It, you know, there was a time five or ten years ago where I was getting pretty optimistic that it might happen someday. Where we are in politics right now, I don't even think about the fair tax anymore. It's kind of like thinking about the Libertarian Party. Why bother? <laughs>
2: that's a very good point.
0: I know. It's sad. But that's where we are right now in politics. Yeah. That neither one of those things have a snowball's chance in hell of of getting anything done in this environment.
2: You know, it, you know. Honestly, that reminds me. Uh, all times, all these senators and, or, I will not say just senators, but uh, uh, members of the House and all that, they'll sit there and say, "We need to have uh, term elections." or uh, what is that called? Uh, term limits. Where the actual cannot. There we go. Term limits. yeah. Yeah. And I was like, God, you're never going to vote that in. No. Mention something. You're
0: it, never
1: going to vote
2: in. Yeah, that, that,
0: that, that, that's, that's why we can't get a fair tax. The, the, our tax code gives power to our politicians. They don't want to give up that power. They're never going to vote in a fair tax. It takes power away from them. That's our problem. That's the challenge. And it's the same with term limits. I honestly believe those two things could revolutionize our country. If we could pass a, pass a fair tax and, and term limits, I think it would revolutionize our country. I think it's the two best things we could do. But how do you do it when the people who have to vote for it don't want it?
2: That's, that's a conundrum for sure. It
0: is. And, you know, you can try to vote in people who will vote that way, but that's not easy at all. You know, it's, it, it's interesting. I say that the Libertarian Party is is not just doesn't have much impact right now. But honestly, I really believe that Trump is more of a libertarian than a Republican, but he was smart enough to know you can't run as a libertarian. Uh, Even with all of his money, he would not have been elected if he would have run as a libertarian. It wouldn't have happened. I believe so. He just kind of stayed in the Republican Party, but he still acts a lot like a libertarian. We mentioned Tulsi Gabbard today. I kind of feel like she could have been a Libertarian in the Democratic Party, except the Democratic Party wanted nothing to do with that. They wanted her out.
2: It just, it, I think it, that's the problem with this, the Libertarian is it's just it's both sides could go against it. Uh, it kind of reminds me back when, what was it last time they had an actual election with the Independent? Was it back when Ross Perot was at the last
0: time? Uh, Well, we always have, there's usually always an independent in there somewhere. We don't usually hear much about them. The last time, yeah, I think it was Perot, um, that, you know, actually was was in the running. Right. Got some attention, was in the running. um, And I honestly believed he was torpedoed by both parties.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, anybody and everybody can see how it is, see what's wrong, and it just seems like, I guess the people in power just don't lose
0: their power. Uh, that's the absolutely say- correct. That, that's, that's really the way to, to sum this up. It's our biggest problem with politics, is politicians have a lot of power, and the the system keeps getting bigger and bigger, and we keep giving politicians more and more power, and we have to figure out a way to turn that around, and I'm not sure what that is. Like well, I, I am actually. Yeah. there are two things we could do that would limit the power that politicians have. One, enact the fair tax and two term limits. Yeah, I, I wish that'd
2: be nice. I hope that happens the time I'm alive. that's cool.: Yeah, thing, me but, too.
0: Me too. That'd be nice.
2: Well, I take any
0: info. All right, thanks for the call. Let's go to Missouri. Dale, welcome to the program. Hey,
8: Kevin. Um, before I get on uh, the topic, I wanted to discuss what was the name of that outfit that you was talking about yesterday that you can buy the food from in bulk and they deliver it.
0: Yeah, Azure Standard. So, at their website is azurestandard.com. So it's A Z U R E. A Z U R E. Yeah, Azure Standard. Standard dot com. Yep. See.com.
8: All right. So back to your question about the the uh, liberal side of things, where nobody wants to ever talk about it. Yeah. With you. The thing that gets me about this, and I think you and I is going to be pretty pretty. Uh, I mean, we're in the same boat on this. But so it, a lot of these people are very highly educated, but I think they're heavily lacking in common sense. Because you can't say they're dumb, because no, they're they not. obviously have right. the ability to—they have the ability to show up at a school, read a textbook, take the test, retain the information, and pass the test and get their degree. Like in this exactly. particular person's right. case, in, in human resources, very complicated field. She does a great job, all around good person. But on the other side of this same kind of thought process. It's like these people don't even understand how shit works on a rudimentary level, which gives the appearance to you that they are dumb.
0: <laughs> Good point. So, Yeah, you're right. They're not dumb. Okay, so, but, but sometimes you look at them and go, are you just stupid or what?
5: Well, so this
8: HR lady, you know, lover to death, great person, do anything in the world for but my struggle you know i just i can't just go there with her and i did a few times and i just learned to stop it but <laughs> you know you had these talks with them because i'll be talking in the break room because i know she don't get it and i know she's smart right i think what if i planted some seeds right. you know and yeah. maybe something can be i can cultivate some thinking here so i'd be talking guys out in the break room and be like hey uh so, you know, they want to raise this minimum wage up to like $15 an hour. And they're like, yeah, man, that's crazy. And I go, what do you think a goddamn cheeseburger is going to cost if they do that? <laughs> and they're like, well, and, I was, and she always said, no, it'll be the same because the business owner wants to make too much money. So I'm having this conversation with this guy. and He's like, yeah, man, I'll, ain't so, no telling. I do are going to put let, a kiosk
0: in. I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to. Let me jump in right there. Anybody who okay. makes the statement like she just made about businesses making too much money, I can promise you, has never been in business.
8: Right. So he's like, well, you know, they'll probably put in kiosks, you know, and they'll probably just probably people's going to lose their jobs over this race. Yes, and I they go, will. and that's probably going to happen. But I go, here's the thing. Um, business owners. They're like an investor. They're investing in their own future. They're betting their ass can provide better for themselves and their family than anybody else in the world, and they are heavily invested in themselves. And I go, that would the people that think they make too much money would be like, and the and the the products won't go up would be like a person that says, I'm going to call my stockbroker and say, hey, I know I wanted twelve percent return on that that uh, mutual fund, but you know what? I'm kind of okay with six, so (laughs) just go ahead and only give me six. I go, it's the same thing. You expect (laughs) a return on your investment. A business owner invested in the business and he expects his return. And if you raise his input cost, the output cost is going up. You know why? Because that's not his part of the deal. His part of the deal is here's your damn cheeseburger. Do you want fries with that or not? You know, that's his deal. You know, so then. All yep, these different conversations I had, that this lady comes to work one day and is getting around lunchtime and she's just sitting there, and she's like, My God. I went in to Subway and the five dollar foot long thing, you know, it it's just like it it was gonna cost me eighteen dollars for a sandwich. Yeah. And I that's looked what at happens. her like well, you think, you know, yeah. and this was my look. I gave her the you'd think look yeah, and said. I go, well, what, what in the hell did you think was going to happen when you take a $5 employee and, and bump them up to 15? What do you think happens to the price of the sandwich that they're sliding across this counter? And here's the thing that kills me. She's like, well, you know, everything doesn't get fixed overnight. It's, it's going to work. She still believes this shit. And she's like, do do you remember when the company stopped buying equipment and then we got behind in maintenance and now we have to buy a lot of equipment? We're really pumping all the money into maintenance. We're not going to fix
0: the fleet overnight. It's going to take a few years. I I agree with that. And I'm just like, at this point, it's. I I agree with that point she's making. But that doesn't mean that we can just do anything and it will get better. You have to do the right things. Right? If you're doing the wrong things for two years, two years from now, things will be worse, not better. Right.
8: And I even gave the analogy to a guy where she could hear it. And I was like, you know, race is a minimum wage. I go, I tell you what, I think people that make minimum wage should not pay taxes. They might, they might, Maybe they shouldn't get handed five grand at the end of the year that they all call giving back, getting back. Which they didn't get it back because they didn't play it at the end. Yeah, right. you well, know, anyway, that's another subject with me. But um, I said maybe they shouldn't pay taxes. That would give them more buying power. If they go to work and they work 38 hours and they make, you know, 475 bucks, they got $475 to spend for their family. I go, but the bigger thing is they raise the minimum wage. These people are minimum wage people. Well, they want to raise it so they can afford to take their kids to the movies and go out to McDonald's every once in a while. Well, guess what? after 90-day billing cycle they will no longer be able to afford to go to mcdonald's and the people that got above minimum wage clear up from five to fifteen they're ten dollars an hour they're twice their wage ahead of them yeah. now they're back at the poverty level because that's what minimum wage is the poverty level it's the lowest source of income imaginable Correct. legally available you know Correct. and and, uh, and and i got a, a, a roll in my eye from her and i was like so i think we should do it this way what if we make minimum wage accelerates guaranteed and she goes you know i could deal with that i go let's call it uh just for even numbers let's just call everybody makes a million dollars a year now nah, like, let's go a hundred thousand. that was stupid and she's like wow well, why well well then well, that would solve a lot and i go yeah wouldn't it I go, so if I make $100,000 a year and I'm sliding that Subway sandwich across to you, what do you think that damn sandwich? That's not going to be $300.
0: Yes. That, <laughs> you know,
8: and she, I, don't, I can't wrap my
0: head around this shit. <laughs> you know, the, the, just that one topic, we could go on and on about minimum wage. You know, in my opinion, anybody who can fog a mirror shouldn't earn minimum wage for more than about a year or two of their entire life. You should should move beyond that at some point. Right, exactly. You should move beyond that at some point. That's ambition. Right, and that's how it has to work. This idea that we're going to give everybody a certain wage um, or we're going to guarantee them certain things, it goes against human nature. We've proven this over and over and over. It's such a bad idea. It looks good on paper. It really does. It never works in the real world. You give somebody $15 an hour that used to get $8 an hour. Do you really believe that you're getting double the value and double the work out of that person? No, not even close. You might get less. No. Right. Yeah. You you should get it. it. Don't get your thinking. Yeah, no, I know it. Uh, it, it, I, and like I said, I, I can understand the basic philosophies of, you know, liberalism. And classic liberals, I wish we had some back. Uh, you know, I, I used to think classic liberals were hard to deal with. I would love to have them back. They at least have some common sense. This new form of liberalism, I just don't understand at all. And that's why I keep asking. I, I would love for somebody who actually believes this stuff to talk to me.
8: Well, and see, here's the thing about it. I, when I ask them, okay, well, you heard my opinion about, uh, as I called it, how shit works, just to be blunt, explain yours to me. And you know what you get? They look at you, and like there's a guy I work with, love him, dead, very good friends with him. He's called your show several times. And he's literally said this to me. Shit just costs what it costs. <laughs> the HR lady. She looks at me and she just get. she looks at me like a little kid does when they poop their diaper. That's the look on her face, and then they don't want to talk. Yeah. Or they get mad. Yeah. It's like, why can't you understand that maybe there's a different idea than yours that you can actually explain that makes sense? You can't explain yours and make it make sense.
0: So no. why do you keep believing that? Okay. And it, it's almost every issue now. That's what's really scary about this. It used to be we were fighting this kind of stuff. There's usually like one issue we were fighting over at the time.
8: Guns, abortion, whatever. Right.
0: Now you look around, it's everything. It's everything. And I don't understand. You can't get an explanation from them of how they think this is going to work. How do they think we can allow no, millions of people to walk across our border and break our laws? Where is the explanation for how, what, why are we allowing that? What, what do they believe is going I, I to happen? I have one for you. I have
8: one for you. Okay. I think uh, you could probably be classified as a, a political terrorist for saying this, but I believe by design... And I believe uh, Uncle Joe's way not got enough shit upstairs to... I wouldn't let Uncle Joe run a 12-door truck did, terminal.
0: Did you hear what he said yesterday? I, don't, I think he would fail. Did you hear what he said yesterday? What's that? I, I can't even keep up with this. No, I, I literally he,
8: tried to not listen to
0: Yesterday, he said very, very clearly, my son Bo died in Iraq. He did not. He died My in a hospital Bo in 2015 in of brain cancer. He said his son, Bo, wow. died in Iraq. Are, are we wow. not concerned about him making statements like that? It's Are asking son. for dead
8: people at how, press
0: conferences? How, how can you forget how your own son died? Are trying to shake died? somebody's
8: hand that's not even there? Yeah,
0: yeah. I, right. Uh, but this one really, uh, how do you forget how your own son died? So one, he either yeah. just outright lied for whatever reason or he doesn't know. He I don't mind. Right. Why isn't that all over the news today? But why why aren't we all talking about because, that? This because
8: is, it's the deep state, dude. And I'm not th- I'm not trying this, to get the black helicopter out.
7: No, I but know. I will
8: tell you they made a the, movie about this. There, there was a movie about Joe Biden. And It's not called Joe Biden. You know how you make movies about Buzz Lightyear, and then a, and then a, we we rocket somebody's ass up to the moon. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. it starts in a comic book, it goes to a movie, and yeah, then it, it becomes right. reality. Yeah. To- Dude, total sleeper movie. I watched it years ago. I was really sick, had the flu. It was the it was, a, it, was it was like an ABC After School special. <laughs> if you're old enough, you're you by You know I you know, those, that, yeah you know. Yeah. yeah yeah not not the greatest entertainment in the world right and it's called the gardener okay and the deep state they found this guy he's old he's very charismatic and he is the simplest mentally the simplest son of bitch in the world and they carry him through every debate and you're watching this even though you're sick and there's literally nothing else to watch besides turning the tv off you're still watching going like, this would ever happen. This is freaking stupid. They did that. Yeah. This could not go on. Nobody would stand for it. And it happened.
0: It's, and it's called it's, The Gardener. And if you watch it, it you it, won't know to laugh your ass off or be scared. This is technically the most powerful person in the free world. The whole world. And yeah. I, I, he. And it, it seems to it, me as the he, background he of doesn't that movie, have... The mental capacity to manage a grocery list, and why aren't we talking about no. it?
8: Yeah. And in the background in this movie, the inner workings of his party is they're going to push him forward, and that way they can keep control of the country.
0: Well, isn't
8: because he's their puppet?
0: No, you're right. And and, it's it, the same thing that just happened. Aren't we doing the same thing in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Did you see I've talked about this guy on the pit? I know. So we're into politics right now, which is fine. Um, I talked about this the other day. Why this guy's even still in the race, Fetterman, and he's the current lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Yeah, he had a stroke. That's a horrible thing. We're not blaming him for having a stroke. But if I no, if I just- were if I were an airline pilot, well forget that. If I'm a truck driver and I have a stroke, I can't go back to work. If I'm an airline pilot, I, I certainly can't. There's lots of jobs that sorry this happened to you, but you will be terminated. So this yeah, guy you're had no a stroke. Did, did you see? He did. He finally did an interview yesterday or this week. I don't know if it was yesterday or sometime this week. Did you see how he had to do it? Oh, with a teleprompter deal. Not just a teleprompter. This goes much deeper than that. When the the reporter, and kudos to her because she's a mainstream reporter, she actually let something well, maybe not slip. I think she said it on purpose, and I'm glad she did. She said before we started the interview and he had his software and his computer running, he could not understand the small talk I was trying to make. She said that. He could not yeah, understand that. small talk. So what happens is his, the stroke affected his audio comprehension. When he hears words, he can't put them together to make any sense out of them. So when she was talking to him, just small talk, how's the weather? He, he could not understand and hold the conversation with her. What the software does, the software takes what the other person is saying, transcribes it and puts it in an order that helps this person understand it. The software is written for people with traumatic brain injuries. Then that software actually starts to give him answers to the questions. You're kidding? Me. No. So, so now he you got cannot, some software he cannot, coming up with legislative answers by yes. by this guy that holds an office. Yes, we're going to send a computer wow. to the Senate. That's that's really what we're talking about here. If this wow. guy gets elected, we're sending artificial oh, intelligence. In the Senate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, AI in the We we could make a joke that it might be the only intelligence in the Senate. But how how is this guy still in the race and who the hell is going to vote for him?
8: I don't know, but here's the thing where I got getting back to you can be called a political terrorist for talking like this. I won't actually say the words, but I'm kind of on the fence whether the last major election was legitimate?
0: It wasn't. And
8: if it wasn't and it continues not to be?
0: It was. And it continues
8: not to
7: be, we're off.
0: And. Yeah, I, look, I don't know whether he would have won or not. Nobody can know that. But what we can know is there were lots of things that impacted that election that shouldn't have. And then, miraculously, the computers that
8: hold all the data
0: for those machines right got blew up. Right, that's what I mean. There was just too many, and yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe we're wrong. But all I want you to do then is just prove and maybe that maybe still would have lost to correct. That's it, yeah, and maybe he's still lost. Right, prove to me that I'm wrong about all these things that they weren't intentional in order to create a certain outcome. Right. And I'll say it, you know, that's, the, you know, I've, I've said many times, I love this new format for a lot of reasons. And one of them is, I don't care what you, you want. Know. You, you can't cancel <laughs> me now. Right. Yeah. So I'll talk about this. But I, man, I, I truly what, think just... that that was an illegitimate election. I really do. I don't know whether he would have yeah. won or not. Nobody can know that, but that, that election had way too many problems.
8: Well, some people, I never did research the numbers to the level that maybe they did, but they was telling me that several people have told me that Joe Biden got more votes than any
0: person ever running for president of the United States in the history of the country. So. I find that a little bit hard to believe. I I do, too, in one sense, but I. I it's not that surprising because it was probably the biggest election we've ever had with the most turnout and all that. So somebody was going to set a new record. Yeah, that that could happen. Right. Somebody was going to set a new record for votes and it was whoever won. So I, I, I won't really argue that point too much. I'm just wondering how it happened. He did get, I mean, he, he got that many votes, but, Are they all legitimate? And there were so many inconsistencies and so many things questionable that I still think it is completely um, what we should be doing. We should still be questioning that election. So it doesn't happen again. You know, we can't we can't go back. We're not going to go back and say, oh, well, he's not the president. We're not going to go back and say we have to have a runoff. But let's just admit that there were way too many inconsistencies and we don't want that to happen again. Right. And
8: just like they're they're still trying to witch hunt that guy to death, you know, Uh, Trump. That makes
0: me think they must be scared to death of that guy. Absolutely. Why are we still talking about him? Now, if he decides to run again, know, and we're actually weird. in an election cycle, and he's running, of course we're going to talk about him. But for the most part, he's a non-issue right now. Why are we still so focused on him? Right. Right. He has nothing like to do with a while anything. Back,
8: he's a. Then no. what would you? What'd you say the statistic was? You asked uh, uh, the guy from uh, truckstop.com, the most, the number one most popular politician in the United States right now and you said I would have got this wrong
0: and he said he don't even follow that stuff and he it was you said it was Donald Trump yeah yeah <laughs> clearly why, and that's why they're so you afraid. still did the truckstop.com thing uh no they dropped me over this oh okay yeah they dropped me over the whole uh, uh, politician comment never even bothered to call me yep okay they sent me an email now Brent uh, Brent called me obviously Brent and I are friends and he was devastated over this right. but um, and there was a time where that wouldn't have happened there was a time when we talked about a new project or signed a new contract I signed it with the owner of the company but they got bought out by big tech right Bill Gates was one of the the investors ah. in that group they are run by big tech the the owner retired to Florida and Most of the management team, you know, got shuffled, or so it is totally run by big tech. I've never talked to anybody in upper management now. Well, I I still actually do know the CEO, but um, that some bitch leans left so hard it could fall in the ocean. What you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Now it does. Never used to. Used to be the exact opposite on the left coast. Yeah, used to be the exact opposite, (laughs) but now they are absolutely controlled by by big tech. And that was a it was a huge sale. Wow. Um, You know, I I, I, I think I got to give the uh, I love the whole story. The the owner of that company, I love the story. The owner of the company graduated college in thinking it probably would have been late 80s. Um, He didn't. and, And he he was a programmer. That's what he went to college for, computer programming. We're talking about the late 80s now. The internet was there, but most people didn't know what it was. Um, He, when he graduated from college, he took a road trip for something. Um, He lives in a really, really small town in Idaho. He took a road trip down to Texas. I forget why, but he was trying to figure out what to do. He didn't want to go to work as a programmer. He wanted to program himself. But he didn't know what? You know, what do I do with this new skill that I have? Well, on his road trip, he started seeing billboards that freight... Remember, freight brokers used to put up billboards. Remember that? Right. Yeah, it was a long time ago. You don't see those anymore. Yeah. they don't need them anymore. There used to be billboards. Need freight? Call us. You know, that. and he kept thinking, well, why would I call somebody for this? And then he started thinking... Oh this would be a really good use for the internet. I could build a network. Exactly. So by himself he borrowed like $10,000 from his dad and built that company from scratch. I what an, I love stories like that. So I I I love oh, the yeah, fact that yeah. he's a multimillionaire retired in Florida now. He earned it. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, but um, so and, and one thing I you got know to- when I was when yeah. I was at the truck show I stopped over at truckstop.com, and that was right when it all happened. Um, Everybody there that I work with, I'm still friends. They would love to have me back. Um, I I don't know what I would do, honestly. This is one of those things I'm a little – I love the company. I love the people there. I loved our partnership. But I have a feeling if they called me, I might just say no. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Th- that happens. You know, it, it's why I've said over the years that I, I partner with companies like this, but we always try to keep them at arm's length as much as possible. Our business is here for our clients and our listeners. We bring those companies in if there's some advantage to bringing them in, um, but I can run the whole company without them. I, I don't need them at all, and that—that's all of our partners. Well, it's kind of like being a, I mean, a
8: freight. It's kind of like being a freight company. The president of the company I've worked for, he's long been gone and retired, but Jerry Detter, he, uh, at, when you go up to see him get orientation, he would say, he would, he spoke of in the business world on our side versus what you do, kind of the same thing. He goes, he's giant accounts, these national accounts. He goes, I will never let them get over. I think he said four percent yep. of our revenue. Yep. He goes, I want the mom and pop shops. I want that one skid a month, that one skid a week. Yep. You That's know, exactly I want that right. business because there's more money in that business. You build relationships in that business. Them great big accounts like you see General Electric and Caterpillar and those. He goes, man, them are great. You get them in one facility. You you're gonna have to move 120 trailers, 50 trucks, converter <laughs> dollies, and hire. 20 employees. Right. But the day you lose that account, that portion of your business is destroyed. Gone.
0: Yep. Yep. I I, I right. kind of mentioned so. the what I consider to be one of the biggest decisions I've made in my life was to sell my contract at FedEx and put the money into this business. That was a tough decision. Yep. Like the FedEx was guaranteed it was awesome revenue. I didn't have oh, yeah. to work hard for it at all. Just show I did, up. Did all, okay, just show up. I didn't even have to show up. I didn't even have to wake up if I didn't want to. The business ran by itself. But I looked at that and thought, yes, this is awesome until it isn't awesome anymore. Until the day they cancel it. And it could right. happen. And if it did, I'm just yeah. done. There's nothing you can do at that point except go try to find something else to do with your trucks. So at that point, I decided, no, I'm going to go do my own thing. Technically, in a way, I put myself right back in the same situation when I contracted with Sirius. The difference was. Right. The difference was not only did FedEx have really total control because they were my only customer. All of my revenue, every penny of it came from FedEx. So if FedEx would have canceled me, my revenue disappears overnight. Sirius canceled me and my revenue was hardly affected at all. Right.
8: That's part of what you do. You got your radio show to promote the business and educate people, which brings in more customers. Exactly. That's a necessary evil to create your company. But you already had your customer base anyway.
0: Yeah, the, the radio show for us but was not the business. The radio show was just a platform to, to reach our customers, and it was marketing. Really. Right.
8: Yeah, so it's said, advertising. You yep. can call it marketing. But yep. I, I see how it works, but one thing I had to give the Democratic Party props for, for and I'm going way back, <laughs> Okay, is they... Uh, they made the best decision that anybody could ever make if you're going to have a very successful powerful party and that one decision they made many many years ago was they infiltrated and took over the educational system in this country
0: yes they did it was brilliant
8: and that was so smart
0: yep yeah it was absolutely brilliant and now we see the results of it and it's pretty scary
8: yep Every educated person—I won't say every educated person—but <laughs> most of them don't don't sur, don't survive the brainwashing. Yeah. So by the time they get a, a very high level of education, they're on their side of the fence. Yep. And they're successful, and then they make rules.
0: <sighs> yep. That—that's exactly so, what's happened. And I'm not sure where so we're going to go future, with this. Thank you. I think the future looks pretty bleak
8: for anybody not on their side of the fence.
0: That's what it's looking like right now. At some point, and this is another thing you're not supposed to say, at some point we'll fight back. I hope it's sooner rather than later. The longer we wait to fight back, whatever fighting back means, the longer we wait, the more drastic that will have to become. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's where we are, sad yeah, as it is to wild. say that. I, I don't see anything else that's probably going to turn this around.
8: All righty. But, hey, uh, I'll let you grab somebody else or go with your day, but I appreciate your time.
0: All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I think I'm going to head on to the rest of my day. Uh, we're going to wrap this up. Great calls today. Appreciate it. We will be back here tomorrow. Let me see if I have an update on John yet. Um, Nope. Uh, No update on John. Okay. We will be here tomorrow, though, at least Joel and I, and we'll see if John can make it. So we will see you then. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.